Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster whose voice is a little creaky, so I'm talking a little bit extra quiet here. Because it's time for Sleep With Me. Uh, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. Uh, uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations. Uh, so things, you know, things you're thinking about on your mind. Or, you know, run, running through your mind. So thoughts, feelings, any emotions coming up, uh, physical sensations. Uh, it could be changes in time or, you know, seasonal stuff. Holy mackerel, right? Uh, uh, so it could be, you know, stuff with the season, seasoning, whatever it is. Uh, relatives. Uh, rel- it could be relativity. If I knew what that meant, I might be able to make a joke about it. Uh, but as soon as I said it, I pictured Einstein... When you picture Einstein, I mean, other than, like, what do you picture in your mind first? Well, I guess this is already answered the question, because I was going to say his hair, his eyebrows, or his mustache. Uh, But those are all different types of hair. So uh, I'm relatively off topic already. Uh, uh, Whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. Sorry about that. I was trying to be, well, it wasn't, that's just what popped in my head. I just uh, dodged a little self-criticism there. Because they said, what, what am I supposed to do? That's what I said to myself, critic internally. I didn't say it out loud on the podcast. They said, hey, but what am I going to do? If uh, Well, here's the next thing that just popped in my head is uh, Einstein with a broom. That's also an Einstein mustache. Any broom manufacturers, push broom, not a, uh, not a kitchen broom. Uh, anyone in the, like, uh, the Einstein broom. Oh, is it smarter than every other? Does does it has it does it has it unlocked the secrets? No, no, it just looks like Einstein's mustache or mustache. Uh, some part of me is like, "Are you sure you're not getting?" It? And I say, "Well, let's move on then." So, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. So, you know, with stuff you're thinking about, stuff you're feeling, or stuff out of your control. A lot of times, it always feels at least out of my control. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. I got, like I said, I got a safe place going here. Uh, someone dressed as Einstein just swept it out for us. So, so that's great. Also, when you buy an Einstein broom, you get like those little mini brooms that you see people using with their hands, like that umpires, like in movies, use on, uh, what's that called? Home plate. Uh, those are like Einstein's, like, like, we get two of those, Einstein's eyebrows, we call them. Also comes with a, like, it's only card, it's only paperboard, but a wig, too. And, a, you know, like a little uh, disguise, we call it a disguise kit. Uh, oof, this a, I always say this, and then listeners say, Scooch, you always say this, but I say this might be the earliest I've gone off, way off tangent. Except I know it. I, I think I've done it before within 30 seconds. So, okay. Uh, I was trying to think of one more Einstein joke, but my mind, my, you know, it's just not, I'm not there. 
Okay, so whatever it is that's giving you wake, I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Okay, with the, the part of my brain that's supposed to think of stuff on the spot just said EMC squared. And I said that was like four, 40 seconds too late. Uh, good, good attempt, though. Good attempt. Yeah. And then, like, just after I finished talking, it's a theory of relativity. So that's what I'm working with. That's why I make a sleep podcast. So I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night, lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, uh, superfluous tangents, uh, going off topic, which you've already witnessed. Uh, I'll take your mind off stuff and keep you company while you drift off. Now, if you're new, you I guess you got an early treat there. What I'm here to do is keep you company as you fall asleep. And there's a couple of things to know. One, if you're skeptical or confused, uh, that's perfectly natural. uh, Because you could be wondering, when does the podcast get started? When does he make sense? When does he put me to sleep? When does the story start? I thought this was a good place podcast. And I'd say, of course, all those things are coming soon. Uh, so structurally what to expect show starts off with business. That's how we keep the podcast free for you and anyone else that wants to listen. Uh, then there's a intro, which we're already a few minutes into the intros are around 12 to 20 minutes. Uh, tough to pin it down beyond that. And if you want to skip ahead, you can, but if you're a new listener, probably see how it goes. The intros are part of a wind down routine for most listeners. So it takes like 12 to 20 minutes to kind of wind down, whether you're doing your bedtime routine in bed uh, or as you're getting ready for bed. That's what the intro kind of does. And then I kind of just uh, keep you company as you're getting ready for bed, introduce the podcast, go off topic, talk about random stuff uh, that pops in my head. So kind of see how it goes. I realize it's asking a lot. yeah, I realize if you're new, it's asking a lot, but I'm here to keep you company. So, so that's the intro. It's kind of, yeah, it's part of a wind down routine. Uh, so see how it goes. Then there's some business. Then I'll talk about the good place, uh, episode nine, and uh, then some stuff that came up in the episode. Now, if you've never seen the good place or you're, you're a good place, if you're a good place super fan, you might want to, like, it might not always put you to sleep, which, but uh, for most people, especially people who have never seen the show, uh, or more casual observers, they say, oh, it puts me right to sleep. I didn't even know, I never got to the part where you were talking about the good place, or I didn't quite realize what episode you were talking about. So I'll talk about the good place for maybe 45 to 50 minutes. Uh, then there's some thank yous at the end of the episode. Yeah, so it's structurally what to expect. Uh, the other things is this is a podcast you don't really need to pay any attention to. I don't pay any attention to. I don't think I per- properly pronounced. Uh, I almost said properly pronounced. Uh, I don't think I properly pronounced. Properly, uh, has anyone made a tongue twister with purpley and perforated in there? A little bit too much uh, uh, plosives for a sleep podcast. Uh, but per, per, I mean, perfectly perforated is, uh, that's a mouthful. I don't think perfectly is a per, perfectly, what did I say? Purpley, purpley and perforated there. Now that's a punchline to something. I don't know what it would be. Uh, 
what do you call a, a packet of grape Kool-Aid when I'm done, when, I, when I'm sitting around the house with a hole punch and with nothing to do? Uh, and they say, perfect, perfect, perfectly, perfilated or whatever. How do you like your coffee? Perfectly percolated is how I like my coffee, mon frere. Oh, thanks. Uh, I just have a perforated packet of, uh, I wish I wish it was pimento cheese because I just wanted to say pimento there. A perforated packet of purple pimentos, uh, pal. Okay, where was I? I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to help the new listeners. So, oh, podcast you don't need to listen to. I mean, I just gave you a reason. You see, uh, was Scoots talking about uh, uh, the purple pal one thousand last night? I don't know, honey. I thought he was talking. I, I don't know. I thought at one point he said uh, that Cheedy had a stomach ache. I know that. I know he said that. Uh, but that might have just been on that. Oh, that yeah. Oh, that Cheedy. Did did Cheedy ever? Did Cheedy ever take his shirt off again in season four? Uh, no, but he was dressed as a man. Oh, honey, let's let's. Uh, I said okay. Let's get back to Scoots. Actually, holy cow! I didn't mean to bring up. Did, Jason didn't have a shirt on, by the way. So if you're looking for like a oh which who would I prefer to I'd like I would like to see more for not not for that reason but I'd like to see Jason I wouldn't mind seeing Jason and Cheedy frolicking in a pool just because that would make me happy. Uh, so where was I? Um, no, I'm just appreciating it. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. My brain's like uh, trying to inquire too many things here. I was talking to the new listener. Oh, I go off topic. I stop making sense. So that's one thing. Yeah, the other thing is, oh, so no pressure to listen. Also, no pressure to fall asleep. I'm, the reason I'm here, I'm going to be here for about an hour. And I'm here to keep you company as you drift off, uh, to take your mind off of stuff. As you kind of fall asleep at your leisure, I want to give you plenty of time. And here's the other thing. If you can't sleep, if something's going on or you just can't sleep, or you're just thinking, what if I can't fall asleep? I'm going to be here to the very end anyway to keep you company. Yeah, so whether you're awake or asleep, I'm here for you. The reason I make the show is because I really, truly do b- believe you deserve a good night's sleep. And what is purple and perforated? What other things? Uh, um, I don't know why. Oh, uh, I was trying to think of other things. I can't really even think of anything. I mean, I guess a folder, uh, a purple folder. I was. How did you pull me so off topic, though? I mean, here's the thing. Any, if I have one of those hole punches uh, and I'm sitting around, anything's going to be perforated because you say, "Well, ooh, I really I mean, here." Okay, well, boy, I just thought of another business idea right in the front of the right in the middle of the intro, front of the show, and I'm always looking for these uh, soothing ideas to give away. Not for free, of course, uh, whatever you're called, venture capitalists or whatever. Uh, no, 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 no. For 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 majority stake with no work, I'm willing to give the ideas away for that. So here's an idea. You know, they got those. So they have the, um, the thing where you go for birthday parties and you paint ceramic stuff. I don't even think it's ceramic. I think it's like, a, you know what those are called? Paint my paint, paint our stuff and pay for it. Uh, color in, color in at our shop. I think they glaze it though. 
So maybe it is some sort of ceramic. Okay, so they have those places. Then they have the painting places, right, where you go and you paint some stuff. Uh, and those ones are more geared towards adults. So they can you can drink a lot of wine, I guess. I don't go. I've, I've seen the ads for it. Now here's one, and you might say this one's on a budget. So you give everybody can per, the perforate. I don't. I, I guess I wish my thesaurus brain was working. Uh, purple perforation. I'm just trying to think of a, a word for joy. Uh, that right that that fits in there uh but i don't know like uh so basically oh yeah all kinds of pa- we'd have all kinds of paper we'd probably have more than a hole punch you know we, because uh that would be fun too also a perforation pit like you say everybody's you say like we're reci- always recycling because you say and uh you know, before lunch, before we have the cake and the blow out the candles, you can jump in the perforation pits. Perforation pals? I don't know. That would be, I guess those would be our mascots. Uh, Palfrey and Penelope, the perforation pals, they would come to the party. They would sing happy birthday to you. Uh, probably would do it with peas, though, because uh, that would fit in with the thing. Yeah, I mean, like, think about how soothing that is. And we could have all ages. You know, we'd have, like, a, like a, we'd get, get the community involved. I mean, if you haven't done it, it is very soothing. And it can also be not soothing if you get a hole punch that's, like, uh, not great. So that's an idea. You know, don't, um, I don't know how to contact me about that because you'd probably have a lot of questions that I wouldn't want to have to answer. So once you have a viable, what do they call it, minimal viable idea or whatever, uh, and funding, then, you know, reach out to me. Uh, or if my brain thinks of a word. I mean, I know the listeners, you're a lot, you know, you you all are like, uh, Scoots, why didn't you say this? Uh, uh, my, some part of my brain just said pendacious. And I said, unfortunately, that's not a word. I don't know if pendacious perforation party. Oh, perforation party. The perforation party zone. I mean, perforation parties. That sounds like it. You're right. It sounds like a, it's an idea before it's <laughs> before it's time. Because uh, we'll just wait till relativity. You, you know, a couple more trips around the, the uh, whatever. Maybe once I get to Kuiper's Belt, they'll they'll say, you know what? Here in Kuiper's Belt, we love your ideas, Scoots. You're the only one that actually, other than the actual podcast and actually know what we are, uh, you're the only one that mentions us in your intros, though this is the first time of many Kuiper's Belt, uh, the favorite belt of podcasters. Uh, uh, celebrate it, respect it, and wear it. Uh, now available in stores near you. In honor of Kuiper's Belt, Kuiper's Belt. Uh, also for sale at the Perforation Party Zone, PPZ. So that's possible. Anyway, that's why I make a sleep podcast. I'm here to keep you company, take your mind off stuff, and uh, I don't know. I guess there's not much else to say. Uh, you don't need to listen. No pressure to fall asleep. Doesn't work for everybody. You know, like every kid doesn't celebrate it at color, coloring that stuff uh, or whatever. Paint, paint our, paint our uh, figurines. Uh, not everybody has a birthday party there. Not everybody everybody can just, like, sleep with me. 
So if you don't, perfectly normal. I would say give it a few tries if you're unsure, because that's what most regular listeners say. Uh, but if you have a strong reaction, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you and check out some other podcasts uh, that could put you to sleep or chill you out. Uh, so that's about it. I mean, I think that's it. Uh, podcast to put you to sleep. I'm glad you're here. I really want to help. I, like I said, I think you deserve some rest uh, and a good night's sleep so you can live your full life. So, yeah, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I really want to thank you for coming by and checking the show out. And uh, here's a couple of ways we keep this podcast free for everybody. Uh, all right, everybody. It's a time for, I can't believe we're already at episode nine of uh, The Good Place. Uh, it's the answer. It's time for the answer or, or uh, to the question, Scoots, what's the name of the episode? <laughs> And it opens in the judge's courtroom where we last left off. Uh, may, might be worth a pause. Uh, you might say, like, uh, here's an interesting thing I just thought of. Uh, if you only count one of the uh, rows of Janets or three of the rows of Janets, it goes uh, six, six, six. Uh, but then one Janet is missing when I paused it right away. So it actually goes six, six, five, six, six, six rows of Janets. Um, and right now, there is, what is that, like, there is the disco Janet, uh, and she's waiting. Uh, I think the judge, it's tough to say because I kept pausing it. Here's another thing I'm learning. The posture on the tan Janet uh, is not great. Uh, nowhere near as well as our, our Janet or uh, the teal Janet or... Disco Janet has decent posture. Tan Janet, her posture is uh, not great. Uh, but, you know, I guess that's probably why. Like, uh, she says, lemon tan makes me feel less Janity. I'm the Janet that makes sleep with me. A fun fact. Uh, so, uh, the Disco Janet is, then someone gets marbleized. I don't think it's Disco Janet. Let me hit play. No, because when they switch back, uh, yeah, it's not Disco Janet. Then we see the marble rolling. Then we're with the Soul Squad in, like, what is this called? Like a lobby. The lobby of the judge's chamber. Uh, Michael's talking. I'm mute. Do it. Uh, lived his whole life. Uh, this is funny jokes. Uh, then 802 Afterlife. So then a second life. Uh, then a second, second life. Uh, then a third, first afterlife. Uh, uh, like a bowl of something about his status is going to be like a bowl of M&M peep chili. Okay. I can't read this one. Duval ditch maker, ditch, ditch water. That's uh, Jason's drink. Uh, fickety best, a fickety pat press. Uh, episodes getting in front of me, but basically they're trying to get Chidi's memories back. Oh, we got to pause it. That's why scoots, uh, but yeah, I don't know what they say. Then there's a slow mo as Michael goes to um uh, to, to restore Chidi's memory. Janet, uh, Janet's making a drink. She's cosmic, cosmicking in a uh, margarita for uh, Eleanor. Uh, Jason's spilling his ditch water, which is like a lime green. It also has. Uh, a pink umbrella looks like a couple fruits attached to it, possibly a pineapple and uh, maybe an orchid. And that's splashing out. Uh, 
Slow-mo, Jason, Janet. Pa- oh, pause. Okay, so I got to do a lot of pauses here. Now, I don't have this. This is, uh, you know, not ideal because we go through a super fast cheaty sequence. Uh, and I'm trying to pause it here. Michael's about to snap. I'm pausing it on and off. Uh, uh, we're on a close-up of cheaty. Oh, boy. It, it just went through like 40 things that I couldn't see. Of cheaty. I think cheaty's uh, current... Uh, Let's just see what I pause on. The first time it was Chidi and John in tuxedos, I think, on that last night. Let me see. This is like roll your own Chidi memory. Again, that's how, I guess, uh, I think this is the, is this a breakup? Uh, yeah, because Simone's getting into the SUV in the background. So that's when John was saying, dude, you have the most boring breakup I've ever heard. I'm going to try one more roll my own Chidi memory here. And this is exciting, huh? This is almost as exciting as a tangent. Uh, tangential? Tangent. Oh, here's one. Okay, there's another one. This is where uh, right at the end. Oh, so maybe this is just a quick reverse from last week. I guess so. Uh, so it's uh, Michael and Eleanor pretending that it's a bad place and laughing at Cheaty. John. Oh, yeah, there's the hole with Brent. Uh, a really good freeze there. I have it frozen on when the hole is forming in reverse. And I didn't realize there was a poster of uh, the great, uh, what was his name? The, the Amphibious Presto? How did I forget Michael's magician name in one week? Uh, uh, the Incredible, I can't remember what it was already. Oh, that's why I make a sleep podcast, eh? Oh, yeah, so there is a poster of him. And then, oh, wow, that was a lot more. I was wondering what we're like, uh, it's like, okay, what, what, what do we talk about extra to stretch this out? But there's a long shot of the good place with the rainbow, but I'm not able to get that back yet. Okay. Okay, here it comes. It's a, that's a fade in of like the good place lake with rainbow. The one we've seen before, not this season very much, but wasn't Cheaty painting it one time or something? Remember, didn't he have an easel or maybe it was Binox? He was out here. Okay, I just got one. Now's when Cheaty's not happy with Brent uh, uh, for being insulting Simone. Uh, the drawing, whatever that game show drawing party is. Uh, Okay, and then it hops back. We're gonna do a lot more pause. If you love pausing, good place. Uh, you're in. You're in the right place. Okay, let me go back to my notes. Uh, G- oh, we see a baby Cheaty in bed. Oh, then all the pauses. Is that what happened? I don't know. Uh, then he's in his classroom with his buddy uh, Uzo. Next a.m. prefabrication syllabus. Okay, this is a. Uh, so we just, oh, wait, pauses, cheaty baby, so cute. Uh, I don't know, did the episode open yet? I don't know. Uh, he, he's with, oh, yeah, more little kid cheaty pauses from this episode or flashback. Then baby cheaty, so cute. Let's name him cheaty. That's what the parents say. Uh, then the episode opens, uh, chapter 48. So there will be, ch- it looks like there's going to be 50 chapters uh, in this, uh, I don't know, is that like a magical number? Maybe there'll be 51. Who knows? Uh, I, I, oh, wait, isn't that uh Oh, that's interesting. 
Uh, then we have little Cheaty in bed. He hears his parents discussing things. Oh, I did want to pause his room for his bookcase. Uh, he's in plaid pajamas. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's going to his book uh, or his bookshelf. Right now he has uh, philosophy by Nyleen and others, uh, applied psychology, adjustments in living and work, uh, is something something of psychology the inner oh that's philosophy Nyleen and others uh, uh something on Mexico uh first book atlas uh, another encyclopedia of psychology a, t- a small tambourine and a drum another encyclopedia a couple other things I can't read uh, but she grabs uh, the book of philosophy oh wait um Sociology and you, uh, element, something, elements of dictionaries. I don't know if that's what that says, uh, uh, but she gets it. It's a big book. Oh, he gets two books. He did get uh, elements of sociology, I think. Oh, sociology and you. And he starts making notes on his parents' situation. He, he writes his name. Uh, then the next day, he makes a, a presentation to his parents at breakfast. Uh, uh, he says, hey, uh, something about, uh, he goes, hey, did you, here's just some syllabuses. Uh, my lecture will take approximately 55 minutes. Oh, wait, I was supposed to pause it at 2.13, too. Oh, yeah, so we see Chidi's chalkboard. Why you should stick together. Uh, emotional life, financial stuff, a social circle. Where would I keep my books? Uh, there's also a sub-argument about getting a dog, a schedule. I'm going to wait for another shot of the chalkboard. Uh, where would I keep my books? Uh, something else. Heaven? I don't know what that says. He also has a list of why she get a dog, but I can't see that. It's in the right corner. Oh, yeah. The health. Uh, let's see if he ever gets out of the way. So, hey, Chidi, could you step aside? I want to see this argument about you getting a dog, too. I don't know if you, I wonder if he ever did get a dog. Okay, now Chidi's in um classroom. Yeah, with Uzo. Let's see, where am I? A good case, uh, Chidi, 240. Uh, that's where I'm paused right now, at the classroom. He tells Uzo, you could always find the answer. And then he says, even a question like, where should I sit? What's the answer? Oh, no. Okay, but I'm going to look at a lot of stuff on the chalkboard. It looks like it's in um, uh, French and English uh, as chalkboard. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I know there's a good wide shot coming up with the teacher. So they're talking now. They're in the school things. Uh, one thing says, Tenot en son bec un fromage. Uh, it must be, must be, maybe it's a poem, because then it says language, uh, bonjour. Uh, that's some of the stuff I can see. I know fromage is cheese, I think. Uh, Aleche. Okay, so here's the teacher. Today is Friday, April 19th, 1991, I think. Uh, uh, what are the French? Uh, let me see. There's some English words. Friday, uh, April 19th, 1991. Looks like that date was changed recently. 
but and or if into next to beyond above below on top to till uh, good morning marte the the smell was tempt uh, said to him in much hey good morning how nice you are seemed to me so there's a story on the board too oh, maybe it was like oh it's in cheese so they're learning english um the smell was tempt uh Oh, this is interesting. It must be something famous. Uh, or it's just a joke. Uh, and now she's just trying to decide where to sit. Uh, oh, it's also talking about the lengths of rivers and uh, kilometers. That's behind the uh, kilometers, not kilometers. Uh, behind the teacher. Instead of an apple on her desk, it looks like it's possibly a mango. And it looks like also she has something that looks similar to a peep on her desk. Uh, Oh, uh, then there's a, um, another board really quick behind. There's a, there's a lot of chalkboards in this classroom. As Chidi tries to decide where to sit, we go back to Michael snapping. And uh, let's see. Oh, no. Slow-mo pause. Professor Lindman uh, 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 left to Chidi, abandoned Chidi. Uh, Gigi's girlfriend at the time says, he has he always been this, uh, thoughtful? And then Gigi has, Gigi brings the cheese, actually. And then he has a moment of pride where her self-esteem says, oh, yeah, they see, did you ever tell you about his first great lecture? He goes, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, and he says, well, this is how I got into philosophy. Biggest questions, biggest answers. And uh, his, his 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 date says, uh, "Wouldn't that be theoretical, theoretical physics?" He says, "Oh dear, have I chosen the wrong thing?" Uh, then they end up breaking up. He put he has he's for he says fork. Uh, I mean, he doesn't say fork. He loses his fork. He goes, "You like Kant? I like Kant." And she says, "We're not a book club." He goes, "Well, we're not not a book club." Uh, and then she says something like David Hume once said, "Reason." Is aren't uh, only to the be be to be something with the passions, uh, and then she says, "Well, I'll show you what I think of Kant." Uh, uh, he goes, "So let's uh, look like uh, Kant's, uh, you know, what do you say? Thought about Hume." Uh, then he grinds a fork. Then he's meeting with his advisor and his uh, book or um, thesis. Uh, what are those things called? Uh, and he says, uh, this is 3,600 pages, Chidi. I can't I have like a, and he goes, this work is a tangled web of inscrutability. And Chidi goes, in a fun way? He goes, no. And then he tries to help Chidi. He says, what do you care about? Uh, he says, great works are emotional. Uh, uh, he goes, I can see that there's a great mind at work in there, but he goes, where's the hearts? Where's the guts? Uh, uh, then something and why, oh, she, she says, well, how about I go home and write a, a shorter paper on why I should write this longer paper? Uh, his professor also has a lot of empty coffee cups. I don't know if that was like a, like a joke. Uh, let's count them. You're right. Uh, okay. On his desk, uh. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine on his desk. And then two on his like printer stand that I can see. What is that? Eleven. 
But then there's also a back table. Uh, and we look over Chidi's shoulder. There's at least four more there. Probably more, though. So that's interesting. Now, yeah, the professor's like, dude, uh, uh, longer paper. Then he goes and meets with Uso, who says, man, tough week. Let's kick back. Uh, he says, I thought she was the answer. And then Uso says, uh, some things don't have the answer. And Chidi, this is when I love him. He goes, you know what this calls for? A Venn diagram. I'm a big Venn diagram fan. I don't really make a lot of them because I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But uh, I did love it. Uh, he goes, uh, then at the end, Uzo says, Chidi, do you know what you're saying? And Chidi makes one more point before he heads to the good place uh, where we see him sitting ready to go in. And Michael calls him in and says, Chidi, come on in, buddy. Uh, uh, or do you want to stay out there? Uh, and then she says, oh, uh, and he goes, I'll decide for you. Uh, come in. Uh, then uh, there's an ad. But let's see. I'm watching. Uh, this is where uh, Chidi. Uh, oh, Chidi has this on his, uh, his boot buddy boots uh, in this scene with Uzo. Uh, so that's that's another great thing. If you said I miss those boot buddy boot brother, right? Or were they boot him and his uh, the other professor? Uh, but Chidi's wearing his boots. Uh, so we get a lot of good Chidi callbacks. Uh, if you say well, and actually, then later in the episode we get a lot of uh, a lot of Chidi. Uh, how did Chidi get to be the Chidi he is at the end of the episode moments? Okay, so here Chidi goes to the good place. Uh, he's got his phone. He, it, it's interesting. He has like a real tough phone case on. That makes sense. Uh, welcome. Everything's fine. Michael comes out. He very. He said, "Well, wait a second. Here or there?" He has on his peacock bow tie. Uh, so that's a callback too. And Chidi actually had on his like coral brick pants. Now we're in slow mo. But Janet's margarita was almost formed. Chidi's actually has some REM happening. Uh, like, uh, he's like watching the memories. If you watch when he's, uh, when there's close up on his face, uh, then they go to his apartment, uh, his current apartment from this season, him and Michael, Michael opens the fridge, which is kind of an old school fridge. And uh, he says, uh, the fridge decides uh, for your breakfast, chooses your breakfast for you. Uh, and Chidi says, oh, almond milk and oatmeal. And I think someone, Michael says, extra filmy, uh, just like you'd like it. Uh, so uh, then they go into his office, uh, which is just off the kitchen. And Janet, Michael calls Janet in, who surprises Chidi. Uh, or his library, I guess. Uh, and uh, she knows the answers to all the questions. Uh, which answer do I want? Uh, at 836, there's a good Janet face. Is that 836? Uh, let's see. There's a good one at 849, too. Uh, because there's a lot of foreshadowing. I mean, just within a, a, the episode... Uh, no, no, maybe my foreshadowing might be different than yours because I've seen it so many times. Uh, uh, still, Janet face is still something. Uh, he, he says, okay, which question should I ask? And then he gets, uh, 
He goes, so what's the biggest fish in the world? Uh, and she says the name of it. And he goes, she goes, all questions are equally important to me. And then she does the legendary Janet double thumbs up, uh, which is probably, you know, one of the iconic images, at least to me from the series. Uh, so that happens. Then is there a relationship equipment to oatmeal? Oh, is there a relationship equivalent to the oatmeal? He asks Michael. Soulmate? Yes. Uh, your perfect match. Uh, he, goes, he says, come by the house that looks like a face, uh, and you'll get the answer to your ultimate question. Her name is Eleanor. Uh, then we have a flashback. Uh, let's see here. Chidi's meeting. Uh, oh, no, then we have Jason and Janet's wedding uh, flashbacks. Uh, Chidi's face here. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Okay, hold on. Let me do some pausing here and see if I can. Let's roll another Chidi. Roll your own Chidi memory right now, buddy. I'm doing it, buddy. Thanks for asking. I love rolling my own Chidi memory. What's your favorite Chidi memory? Uh, oh, boy. I mean, I think, like, then maybe the like the end of this episode. I don't know. It's tough to say when... Uh, it's in this episode, it was in, like, when Eleanor says goodbye to Ch- Chidi. That made me cry. And I cried a few times at the end of that this episode. So, um, oh, boy. Okay, so here we go. This is, we have Chidi and Eleanor's first meeting. Uh, Michael's clapping. That's, ex- well, okay, your time's going to be different than mine, but 942. That was a wide shot, then a closer shot. This is at the, the CLOWN house. So two more shots of them meeting. Then the Ethics 101 course uh, flashback with the Bush. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we have that. Uh, then we have them shaking, then another hug, uh, then uh, uh, some stuff from season two, which we've never covered, I think. Uh, then season two, Janet and Jason's wedding, and them dancing, and then them looking at the photo album, and uh, just chilling, the three of them. And what does this say? Okay, so they're looking at the photo album. It says, Jason says, I can't believe this. It's Jesus loves eight minutes ago. Uh, then Janet leaves. Chidi says, listen, man, I actually need your help. Uh, he goes, who told you how to make a decision this big? Uh, and then Jason says, Chidi, here's the thing with stuff. Uh, and basically he says, you got to huck it and lock it down, man. Uh, also, Janet, let's see. Then when does Janet say, I'm infinity? Strange things happen in the afterlife. Uh, let's see. So this is where they're still having Jason has his DJ music hat on. They're very happy. Chidi's happy for them. Uh, yeah, now Jason and Chidi are talking. He's saying, dude, how do you do this? Uh, hey, give me some advice. He says, no problem, buddy. I'll give you some advice. Uh, here's the thing with stuff. Let's see. Soulmate, oh, okay, Soulmate Recaps, that's coming up. Coming up here on uh, Roll Your Own Cheaty. Roll Your Own Cheaty Souls, uh, Soulmates. Um, I didn't write down any of their names, though. Tahani was once the Cheaty Soulmate briefly, for like one second or less in this episode. I don't remember if that was also in season two. 
but we'll, you know, one day we'll cover that. I mean, how much, do, how good is that that we have that to look forward to, like 2020 or yeah, late 2020, maybe? So, Chidi and Jason are still talking, just in case you're wondering. Scoots, are you getting anywhere? Well, slowly. Now, Jan is talking. Oh, she's back. Maybe she says, I'm infinity. Oh, yeah, she goes, I'm infinity now. So, I could never have a family. Uh, strange things happen in the afterlife. Uh, then 1129, uh, Eleanor says, you're basic. Uh, there's a slow-mo. Then I think Eleanor says, you're basic. Cheaty close-up. And uh, now we're at the end of season one when Eleanor says, you know, Michael, you're basic. Uh, yeah, she does a little snap. Michael snaps. Now we have a uh, roll-your-own Cheaty um, soulmates. Uh, now, like a smoothie yogurt shop, we have one soulmate, uh, two soulmates, uh, three soulmates, four soulmates, and then soulmate number five, uh, who gets to be part of the um, uh, the thing, the, the next segment, Esmeralda. Esmeralda the Prepared? I don't know. They're, ha- they're playing a, a, a game at... A, at Tahani's house, uh, she has a timer, soulmate game night, that's what it's called. And uh, Esmeralda's quite hilarious. Uh, oh, uh, Tahani Ajamil uh, presents game night, soulmate game night. There's a bunch of small writing I can't read. Uh, then Chidi and uh, Esmeralda are unable to connect on the answer's birthday party. She says, I must tend to my ravens. Uh, then, uh, Tahani introduces Chidi to Eleanor, who's eating shrimp, uh, uh, you thanks, uh, you and Eleanor, this is after the party, uh, she goes, you and Eleanor make a good, uh, pair, also says a lot about Chidi, he's after the party cleaning up, um, uh, then Chidi asks, so he's asked for Jason's help, uh, he, I think he, then he asks for, um, uh, Tahani's help. He says, geez, how do you have such confidence? She goes, it comes from failure. You got to learn from it. Uh, she goes, I don't know. I have to be sure of everything before I do it. Uh, uh, then Eleanor comes in. She goes, Chidi, you want to grab a drink and talk about ethics? Uh, also, this episode, she does have some like air-based uh, clothing on. This one, she has a yellow sweater with birds on it. Uh, Eleanor, I mean. Then they're talking in an alley. They have a, a first kiss for this version of the afterlife, which she goes, what? Wait, what? Who? And she goes, uh, he goes, I have a soulmate. And then they talk about, Jesus sleeps in a giant nest. Uh, who well, She sleeps in a giant nest. Uh, then Eleanor uses woof uh, twice in this episode. And an eight-year-old uh, got into good place. Uh, uh, a kiss rescinded, Eleanor says. I like that part. Uh, also, the, I think at some point they're standing in front of Beignet and the Jets. So there's their kiss. Uh, we're getting ready to roll our own another one. Uh, uh, I guess I'm wondering when this took place, if I missed this in the second season. But you could tell, on like... Uh, I don't know. Did I miss all this in the second season? I, I must have already forgot the second season somehow. Or is this a new sequence? Uh, then we have a flashback, which I'll roll our own flashback. Uh, then later we have Eleanor in a star shirt. She goes, woof, uh, again. 
and then they both ask each other for help. Uh, the health goes both ways again. Uh, then Eleanor says, I'm in love with you again. They have their big kiss. Uh, and then one of the tear-soaked moments for me when Eleanor says, goodbye, Chidi. I don't know the way she says it. Uh, also, they were in front of all chocolate, everything. Uh, then Chidi says, uh, made my mind up for somebody. And then he, he asks him, like, we can I ask you something? He says, are soulmates real? And Michael goes, I don't know. Uh, he goes, I don't know the answers. Uh, and I know that's what you wanted. And a magical blackboard, one that uh, anticipates your lesson flow. That's a dream. And the answers, and then Michael says, listen, Chidi, soulmates are not found. They're made. Uh, life, uh, no, then Chidi says this. Uh, he goes, uh, oh, I put these dashes. First, Michael says, these are the pieces of brilliance that come out. Uh, uh, soulmates are not found. Uh, they're made, Michael says. And Chidi says, because uh, I put dashes, C-A, like it should be on a pillow. Life isn't a puzzle that begin, can be solved. Uh, you wake up every day and you solve it again. And then Michael says, terribly inefficient. I mean, he says it with a taste of irony or uh, paradox or whatever. Okay, but I'm getting ready to pause it again for Chidi and Eleanor's uh, love sequence. Roll our own Chidi and Eleanor love sequence here. They're in the alley talking, uh, talking about uh, Esmeralda. And, you know, that they have feelings for each other. Catching feelings, that's what it's called, I think. They don't, I don't think Eleanor says that, but uh, that's what happened, I guess. Uh, okay, still talking. She says, okay, kiss rescinded, uh, man. Yellow, they have some yellow uh, cafe chairs. She says, we'll just uh, totally platonically uh, study ethics, like we're not interested in one another. Now, Chidi's eyes. Okay, so now we have a flashback. Chidi and Eleanor are kind of having a debate, it looks like. Uh, and so, like in front of your shop in the background there, it says pup, puppies, I think. Uh, okay, still talking. Eleanor's in a mustard. Uh, yeah, they're in front of Beignet and the Jets. Uh, oh, yeah, they're debating. Oh, big time. Now they're on the couch. This is when they're snuggled up on the couch. And Eleanor's giving Chidi a hard time. You know, you peaked. Uh, you know, this is true love, but, uh, you know, it doesn't get any better for you. You you know, for you. But uh, uh, then now Eleanor's in a star shirt in Chidi's current office. Uh, he's got a lot of highlighting going on. Holy moly. Uh, so I don't know if this is from... The, so I don't know if this is from this season or not. Chidi's office chairs are well-worn. I like the, uh, wow, they did a great job on this set. Uh, Eleanor sits down on the couch, uh, covered in books. Uh, Chidi's chairs are covered in books. Everything's covered in books. Uh, now we're back at, at uh, Chidi's office in Australia where Eleanor's coming to him for help. Um, and his office, I think, looks a little different. There's even a candle going. But she goes, yeah, I think I need your help. Uh, like, uh, I need you to teach me ethics. It's then they're in the, um, whatever that place is where they had to go through the mail office, and then they ended up at a bar. I can't remember what good what place that was. Uh, 
But uh, then she goes, I think I'm in love with you again uh, for real this time or whatever. Then they have their cosmic kiss. Uh, right, yep, here we go. Cosmic kiss with the spin around and the you know, cosmic stuff. Uh, and then the tearjerker. Goodbye, Chidi. All chocolate, everything. She's in a rainbow shirt. Uh, Chidi goes off. Infinite light, uh, Ponzu, whatever. Elements of happiness. These are the stores. Uh, maybe some uh, pinwheels in the background on this scene with Eleanor or uh, Michael and Chidi talking. A footlogger. Uh, what a time to learn. Uh, terribly inefficient. Then Michael says, What a time to learn. Uh, then I really, this was tear jerking to me. Uh, he says, uh, Give me a second, man. Uh, Chidi almost cries, which made me cry. Because uh, when Michael says terribly inefficient, he says, what a time to learn. Or if the, like, so this is basically the end of, uh, after the end of last season. Am I right about that? When Eleanor says, yeah, goodbye, Chidi. Uh, then there's an ad. Then Chidi calls, he says, Mike, give me a second, uh, ad. Then he says, Janet, I need a pen and a piece of paper. Now he has some, uh, he's in a more confident stable. He goes, I don't know if we're going to cross paths again. Sometimes, somewhere, if we do, give this back to me. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek, and then he says, I'm ready. Uh, then we go back to the slow-mo, which gets uh, sped up. Uh, and this was great. Uh, Michael goes, hi there, Chidi. Uh, welcome back. And Chidi st- stretches, uh, and everybody's like, is he okay? Is he all right? Uh and uh, he goes, I'm doing, man, I'm doing great or something, uh, like you, like a cat. Uh, and he goes, for the past 30 years, I've been super annoying. And then everyone's like, oh, there's just a good joke there worth watching. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, he goes, you are wonderful people. Uh, and then Eleanor goes, that's great, man. But we got an hour, uh, to save the entire, a- to create an entire new afterlife, uh, so I need you to do that cheaty thing and make everything f- and find us the answer. Uh, and she goes, well, Eleanor, Eleanor uh, that kind of thing uh, might have one one answer or 800 or zero or something like that. And then he says, the journey is the destination. Uh, and then he goes, okay, let's get to work. Uh, and he goes, Janet, uh, do you have my notes? Or can I have my note, please, he says. Uh, and she goes, if you knew you had a note. Did I mention that Chidi cleaned up after Tahani's party? That was very mature of him. I forgot if I mentioned that. Uh, but he goes, uh, she goes to Janice, says, if you knew you had a note, then you know what it says. Uh, he goes, yeah, but I want to see it again. It might be my best bust writing I've ever done. And it's definitely worth just watching to see it. I don't want to tell you what's in the note because it really made me cry. Uh, I mean, I liked it. It just brought me on a real emotional journey. Uh, but it talks about the answer. And then the last shot is like a goofy look on Eleanor's face. A wonderful goofy look. In uh, the episode, uh, comes to a close. I'm just watching here. Eleanor says, do your cheaty thing. So there's like 50 seconds left. Uh, cheaty has a sweater vest on, by the way, of course. Uh, but his collar is pretty open. Eleanor has on her kind of lavender, light lavender sweater. 
uh, Mike, now he's saying, hey, hey uh, uh, do you have the note? Do you really need the note? Oh, yeah, I need the note. I think so. I know so. I think so. I know. Now he's taking the note, uh, take, uh, looks at it. Uh, answer one, reveal answer two. Big smile from Chidi looks at Eleanor. Oh, it's a slow, that's a nice, real nice sequence, actually. Uh, Eleanor's face changes in the end. Okay, so we got like a 10 minutes or so. So let's run through a couple things that came up on this. Uh, something about this made me think of the game 20 Questions, and that it used to be, before there was apps, there was like an electronic version of this. And so I found this article on uh, Mental Floss from 2008, March 28th, 2008. Chris Higgins wrote how electronic 20 questions games work. Uh, so this is, you know, pre-phone era. Uh, he says, uh, Chris says, uh, Chris says it was like four years ago when they saw one. It was a ball with a little screen to play 20, 20 questions. Actually, holy Marie Kondo, one of the first questions is slightly odd questions. Does it bring joy to people? And Chris describes the process of uh, how it figured it out. Uh, and this is, how does it work? Short answer is artificial intelligence. Uh, long answer, lots of practice. I guess in 1988, Canadian inventor Robin Bergener uh, wrote, a game, wrote a computer program capable of 20 questions, but without the knowledge of common objects. Uh, then it proceeded to teach it 20 questions about uh, the object uh, and then helped the friends play it. Uh, and then the 20 questions had synaptic connections uh, by playing it over and over that reinforced those things. Uh, so you can't really trick it uh, by giving it the wrong answers when it's this uh, by this process of programming. Uh, maybe by 1995, uh, there was a good body connections, put it on the web, encouraged more visitors to play it, which was more training. Uh, then it got a million games, which made 10 million synaptic connections. And then Ber Bergener put it on a chip. Uh, a hardware version, un incapable of learning, uh, but it contained information about the 2,000 most popular objects choose chosen by players online and made it a toy. Uh, now, the online version, it, it could guesses in 80% of the time. If you get up to 25 questions, 98% of the time. So... Uh, so that's cool. That's just a little bit about it. I'll link to that. What about inscrutable? If you're taking a um, test anytime soon, uh, this is a good word for you for the SATs order. Inscrutable is I-N-S-C-R-U-T-A-B-L-E. Inscrutable. Uh, it's difficult, uh, impossible to comprehend, fathom, or interpret. Some people would say this podcast is inscrutable. That's the adjective inscrutable uh, or, or one a person who is difficult to comprehend that's the noun inscrutability inscrutably inscrutably or inscrutability or inscrutableness uh so that's from the wiki wiction dictionary this is from a couple episodes ago dave and busters uh, jason had mentioned and uh, I've only been to, I always thought like Dave and Buster's is like supposed to be like a Chuck E. Cheese, but for adults. Uh, 
and I've only been to it a couple times, and, and not like uh, wasn't what I wasn't didn't recreate my edition of going to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid. Uh, but even Chuck E. Cheese changed. Like I even went to it like to, to, for my birthday, like ten or fifteen years ago. And it wasn't exactly what I like because it doesn't have the, it does just, you know, but what is Dave and Buster's if you don't have one? According to Wikipedia, it's a full service restaurant and video arcade, 135 locations in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, first one opened in Dallas in 82 by Dave and James Buster. I mean, that's James's nickname. Uh, let's listen to this. Uh, Corley, that's uh, James Buster Corley, had a, had a bar in uh, Little Rock called Buster's, which was next door to a saloon and game parlor called Cash McCool's. They should have called that place Cash McCool's uh, that the other founder owned. Uh, in 1989, Edison Brothers Stores purchased a majority ownership uh uh, to finance expansions, uh, then it went public. It's a public corporation. Uh, they acquired Jillian's locations. Uh, what else? Uh, I don't know. It, it has food, lunch, late night. Uh, they call their arcade section a million dollar midway. I guess that's it. I thought there'd be more, uh, things in there, but, uh, yeah, I remember the first time I went there, people had hyped it up because the barrier didn't have any. I mean, this is a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago. Then there was one in the Great Mall in Milpitas, and I think I went down there. And I was like, this is okay, but uh, no, I don't remember not being blown away. Then I went one time, maybe three or four years ago, maybe yeah, around that, maybe longer, maybe it was 10 years ago with my siblings, and we had fun there. But we just went and like pay, played like twenty dollars worth of games. Uh, but didn't I don't think I've ever eaten there. Okay, what about David Hume? Uh, maybe we've talked about it before, and I forgot. Uh, uh, let's see, all the way back in the seventeen hundreds, uh, uh, known for his influential system of philosoph- philosophical imperialism, uh, naturalism. Uh, let's see. There was a, I was going to skip ahead to the ethics part. So let's see. Cause uh, the career, 25 years of age, uh, no Nobel, not of, oh, was no of noble ancestry though. Wow. 25 years had no income, no profession. Uh, it was just a merchant's assistance, uh, then left Scotland and, uh, headed to France. Yeah, I tried to start a career, a lot of stuff in here. Later years, uh, writings, a treaty on human nature, uh, impressions and ideas. There's a lot. I mean, this is a big, big article, obviously. Uh, practical reason, the self-ethics. So let's just skip ahead. This is all from Wikipedia. Uh, Hume's writings on ethics began in the treaty and were refined in an inquiry concerning the principles of morals. His views on ethics are that moral decisions are grounded in moral sentiment. Uh, it is not knowing that governs ethical actions, but feelings. Uh, oh boy, Chidi. Uh, arguing that reasons cannot be behind morality, he wrote. Uh, 
Morals excite passions and produce, produce or prevent actions. Reason itself is other, utterly impotent in this particular. The rules of morality, therefore, are not conclusions of our reason. Hume's moral sentimentality about morality were uh, shared by Adam Smith. Uh, uh, Hume put forward the is awe problem, later called Hume's Law. So let's skip to that one to finish up. Uh, so is awe problem. Uh, also from Wikipedia, is uh, articulated by Hume, uh, uh, states that many writers make claims about what ought to be based on statements about what is. Uh, Hume found that there seems to be a significant d- difference between positive statements about what is and prescriptive or normative statements about what ought to be. And that that is not obvious how one could coherently move from descriptive statements to prescriptive ones. I think I need she to explain this to me. Uh, Hume calls for a, a, a caution against in, inner inferences and absence of explanation of how the ought statements follow from the is. Uh, but how exactly can an ought be derived from an is? The question is prompted by Hume's small paragraph. I don't know. The implications of apparent gap between is and ought uh, renders ought statements uh, of dubious validity. So this sounds like a dis, like of explaining. I don't know. There's a lot more here that you could check out. Uh, maybe I'll learn about it. Moral oughts, institutional facts, indefinables. Uh, so it's a little bit about it. And I guess, uh, you know, we'll just wait till uh, after the holidays when... Uh, we get uh, the, the last few episodes of The Good Place. But until then, uh, you know, we'll have some other stuff for you to listen to. Don't worry. Good night. All right, everybody. Scoots here. We're talking about uh, uh, Season 4, Episode 10, Chapter ten, uh, chapter something. We'll, we'll know the chapter in a few minutes uh, from The Good Place. And it starts out with a dot on the screen. Let me just see. Uh, and then the dot, well, there's the, the, the old peacock, as I make sure. The, the, then there, oh, it's actually not a dot. It's a, You can see it's two people. It, it does a quick zoom in. It's a judge in the Janet inside a Janet void, which is, I don't know if it's a taupe. Uh, uh, like, uh, but it's a coat. It's a, like the a color of one of those uh, like sport coats that people can pull off. I can't pull it off, though. Uh, they're in a neutral Janet void. Uh, the most nothing. Uh, the judge says, uh, or someone says it. Janet saying, "Hey, don't cancel Earth, please, Judge." Judges just watch Justified season three. We're about to watch it. Uh, Janet's gonna kind of uh, talking. Please don't, uh, don't give up on. Uh, Shakespeare, Pyramids, Timmy, Tim, Timmy, not Timmy Oliphant, uh, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Oliphant, uh, you say Oliphant, I say Oliphant, uh, Samwise Ganji says Oliphant, uh, or, uh, I don't know if it was Pippin, Pippin, is that one of the, uh, it, I don't know, it's been a little while. Not to go off on a tangent, usually I don't do this, but so I had bought the extended, uh, Lord of the Rings, right? I'm Blu-ray. I'm not up to 4K yet. I'm not, I won't be. I'll be a 4K in about four years, I think. 
Uh, but I am at Blu-ray. I mean, just for just for uh, this, uh, very few things I'd watch on Blu-ray, but this is one of them. And I made it through the fellowship. Uh, now, I know this is a good place podcast. I made it through the fellowship um, over a few weeks because it was the extended version. And then I went into the two towers, and I, I, I just I guess I got busy. It's hard for me to sit on the couch and watch something, even over two or three nights. Uh, so it's literally been six months uh, since uh, I'm right at a, a midway point of the, the two t- two towers, I think. You know, so you know something about Rohan. Maybe the White Wizard had shown up. Maybe he showed up and left. Uh, maybe he was going to find Rohan's. Uh, that was one of my favorite uh, sitcoms. Only lasted one season. The Rohans. It was a good one. But so back to this uh, 10-gallon hat, 50 gallons man and a 10-gallon hat, the judge says. Uh, she also says, I'm the friggin' judge or the freaking judge. Uh, and you know, I love that. Uh, oh, wait, where's the, uh, you do have to do a little scrolling back here. She goes up to a computer, which looks like, a, I thought it was like, I guess, you know, it does from the back. It does look like, what I put, a 1086 uh PC clone, uh, so 90s era PC, uh, like IBM clone. I ran MS-DOS, uh, or just DOS. She, a green screen, she types, uh, where's the clicker thing? Humanity racer, garage door button open. She searches, it's not there. Uh, end of words, bye. I don't know what that is. Uh, Oh, she says, what, what, oh, she says to Jan, neutral Janet, what are the, any last words? She goes, end of words, bye. The judge turns out, judge has some stuff, other stuff going on. She talks about briefly, uh, as like, uh, she talks to one of the, um, sassier Janets. Uh, then she goes into one of the sassier Janets, uh, okay. She says, uh, okay. Mm-kay, mm-kay. She doesn't say it like, the, like that character, like MK. She says something like MK. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Uh, you know, I'm no Maya Rudolph uh, for sure. So let's see. Yeah, she is. Oh, Janet says, then the Soul Squad's there in the lobby, the judge's chamber, you know, whatever the room is. Can't keep a play, keep away. Check it. Eleanor says, Chidi, can I check in with you? Uh, in us, vis-a-vis, she says. He says, okay. And uh, she says, he says, she goes, uh, he goes, I love you. Do you love me? She goes, yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, and he goes, well, cool. Well, you and I are on our way to Coolsville. And Chidi's shown some confidence. Uh, he says, after you deal with a thousand versions of yourself in multiple timelines, uh, you get a sense of clarity. Michael says, you saw the time knife. Chidi wasn't impressed, so he said it was neat. Uh, then he says, hey, can one of you, Janice, give me a chalkboard and a copy of Judith Sklar's Ordinary Vices? Uh, and some warm pretzels. Uh, you know, if you're going out, uh, warm pretzels will be a good way to do it. Yummy, yum, yum, yummy. Yummy, yum, yum, yummy. As in the episode opens, it's chapter 49.
And uh, then we come back, and it's 251 on my uh, thing, which might be different on yours. Uh, Tahani and Jason are sitting at school desks. I said, is this a lobby with elevators? Um, There's pneumatic tubes. Uh, There's, like, comedy with Jason having an idea. And, uh, uh, like, uh, because he says if they cancel Earth, it would be a bummer. And he says, you're going to write that down, Michael? He goes, oh, yeah, you you just got to watch it. And they kind of talk about the conundrum they're in. We got to come up with a new afterlife that the good place and the bad place agree on, you know, which seems impossible. Uh, but they say, Tahani says, compromise is always possible. She tells a story about Bruno Mars, LeBron James, and Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Uh, let's see, there's 251 when they come back. I'm just you're checking this. Yeah. It looks like they're taking tests, uh, Tahani and Jason. Again, when I'm recording this, I haven't seen the last uh, two episodes. Uh, again, when I'm recording this, I haven't seen the last two episodes. I'm probably just going to wait and just watch them as after I record. So I'm way behind uh, most people. But, you know, when you're listening, so, well, you know what I'm saying. Uh, scribble, scrabble. Oh, we got to pause it again. It's 340. Uh, they talk about uh, Judas. Chidi starts talking about uh, Judas Scholar's essay about, you know, being mean is one of our primary flaws. Uh, I'm going to pause it when it's on there. Also, Chidi's in roller skates. Uh, he got those from uh, uh, Disco Jan. Actually, Michael does write Bummer down on one of his legal pads. Um, uh, he goes, Jesus, here's the thing. If, uh, you know, it's the punishment does not, you know, doesn't have to be mean. Uh, uh, you know, Michael kind of, or no, then to, uh, Jason talks about, yeah, remember the time I took the wiener mobile? That wasn't fair. Let's see. I guess it goes from, uh, Montag, Mon, M-O-N-T-A-I-G-N-E, uh, that Mon, Dang, Mont, and then M O N T E S Q U I E U, then to Scular. Unified in zeal, disfigures human character, you know, being mean, punishing people in a mean way. Goes together with hypocrisy. That's what Chidi wrote. Scular was, we'll talk about it later, but 1928 to 1992. Uh, let's see. Wienermobile, that's a problem with the current system. You know, anything unless you're perfect and you uh, end up in the bad place. Uh, doesn't match. Uh, punishment's worse than life. Uh, GD does a spin. So we have to come up with a system that's the least amount of cruelty and suffering to those who don't deserve it. A problem of justice. Uh, I believe Eleanor says that and then Chidi kisses her. And, uh, yeah, they kind of hubba hubba it for a split second, but then they get back into the thing. Uh, and then coming up here in about 40 seconds from me, they'll end up in a bad Janet void. It looks like uh, Eleanor has on Stan Smith's again. Uh, Chidi has a sweater vest that's the same color as a neutral Janet void. He matches a neutral Janet void. Or just a sweater vest it does. Okay, now we're in the neutral Janet void. Holy hit. I mean... A lot to look at. There's a, you go enter a porta potty. Uh, there's like a monster truck. Uh, 
tires, like uh, flying stuff, uh, sofas, terrarium, uh, leftover pizza, barrels, uh, shopping carts, uh, uh, dumpsters, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 12. I uh, wonder what the tagline of that one is. Uh, let's see if we can see it. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 8, and I don't know. I can't read it. It's something... Jack Sparrow. I guess hey, you're right, Scoots. You really should. Uh, this is your job. Dig in. I don't know if I can zoom in on the screen. We'll see. Oh, we can. Uh, Mark, it's not a. I guess because I'm not a. Mark Muldrow, Mites, Aquaman. Oh, wait. Jack Sparrow versus Aquaman. That's what it says. I, knew, I guess I did figure it out. And it says some other stuff I can't read for sure. Uh, so Janet and uh, the judge are in the uh, uh, bad Janet boy. We also see Cheaty's uh, thing, uh, a couple of kegs, a lot of leftovers, uh, trebuchet. And she gets to the computer, which has, uh, like, it looks like it's a Windows uh and she has trouble searching, zero, but then she finds out zero results. So she goes back and she says, okay, mom, I see you in the next life. Uh, and then there's some more funny stuff. Uh, and then uh, she says, uh, Disco Janet, you're up. Uh, and she goes, out of sight, man. Uh, then, let's see. Uh, she, oh, first, does she say, she, the judge says, what are you guys do, still doing here? Go back to Mindy's half a lukewarm beer and wait for me to come get you. And then she says, except for you, cookie puss, uh, to Cheaty, I'll always make room for you. And then they say, somebody says, wait a second, that's a great idea. Let's go to uh, Mindy's. Uh, oh, no, Jason says, yeah, no, Cheaty should hang out with the judge and get us out of trouble. Jacksonville plea bargain. They say, no, no, it was Eleanor's idea that it'd be a medium place for medium lives. Uh, medium place could be a third option. Like, uh, so, yeah, well, here's an idea. They, they go through, geez, uh, like your own personal Cincinnati. Uh, you know, you go watch episode. Then they go to the good place. So the, good, the good place, people are having uh, yogurt at the yogurt uh, place. Uh, that's funny. And they say, hey, you like, uh, they're all so super happy, mouthful of compromise. Uh, and uh, they say, okay, well, uh, Chidi's confident now. He says, quite please, uh, we're short on time. Uh, we got a new idea. They go, count us in. And they go, don't you want to hear? And they go, no, if you, we love it. Uh, but you do. then they say, well, we got to, to, to convince Sean. And uh, Tahani says, I think I could do it. You know, I convinced Ruth and Bruno Mars and everything to agree to stuff. So I think I could pull it off. Uh, then, uh, let's see. Oh, then there's, the, there's a bad break. Then there's the office with Sean. Tahani's just, uh, Tahani is finishing up her point. Uh, and she goes, yeah, there you go, in the bad place, you know, and that's a compromise, a new threshold. Uh, 
And they says, well, I like that your my side stays the same. Your side it gets worse. What the heck? I'm in. And they go, he, everyone's like, really? And he goes, he fakes them out. Uh, everyone's kind of m- mad. He's mad at Michael. He goes, you're going to lose. This is a lose-lose situation because the bad place will be empty too. And he goes, but I don't care as long as you lose. Uh, you're the one who had to come up with these new ideas, and new ideas are gross. And I sort of get the idea because Jason said, or the episode title, because Jason says, Sean, you used to be cool, but you've changed, man. And then Sean goes, I'm going to write a big speech. Uh, ring my bell. Where's that? Uh, oh, that's uh, we go to the judges in, in, with Janet and the disco Janavoid. They're dancing to ring my bell. Uh, infectious disco grooves. Uh, what was I doing here? Oh, I was about to erase the earth. Uh, and they see, we almost got Sean on board. Uh, maybe we could get an agreement. Uh, maybe you could help judges like, uh, I'm a judge, I'm impartial. And uh, she goes, got to go erase the earth. Then we see a, a, the search engine and a disco janet is uh, a track. Uh, says, uh, what you looking for, baby? There's also a hanging plant, uh, and she goes to marbleize that. Janet, she goes a later, later skater, and uh, Janet, the disco Janet says, "Keep on trucking." Yeah, then they're in the soul squads in the office. They can't believe Sean's not going to do it. Uh, how are they going to get Sean to change his mind? Uh, what does he want? Uh, uh, then we see Sean, he's at a cart called, he's at a side of a Ponzu scheme. At a cart called Joni Loves Tchotchkes. Uh, and he's messing up the Tchotchkes. Uh, uh, we hear about the mod, Tahani's inability to pull off the mod look. That might have been the second time. But they go, we got to give Sean what he wants, uh, being not nice. Uh, and they go, listen, we'll go to the not good place. Uh, we'll go to the bad place if you let us have a medium place. Uh, and uh, they go, what? And then Jason goes, call back to season two, which we haven't covered yet. Classic trolley problem. One of your boys, he, I won't ruin it. There's a good joke there. And Chidi uh, uh, kind of puts a nice topping on it. Uh, Oh, that's what the mod look. Tony says, I'll give you a head start. I can't pull off the mod look. Uh, and they, uh, Sean says, well, it's a tough call. You know, taking you to a bad place would be great. Uh, but uh, uh, he goes, forget, you know, basically stringing them along. Uh, and then the good place uh, representatives come and they say, well, Okay, Sean, whatever you want, basically. And they're like, what are you just going to keep? They go, we got to keep him happy. And then the, uh, they go, let's lose on our own terms, Soul Squad, Eleanor. Let's come up with even a better idea. Uh, and they say, we only got about 10 minutes. And Michael makes a speech. Uh, everything we've been le- led through, all the lives, ethics training, further corners, uh, uh, the very best versions of ourselves to solve the album, you know, uh, and then uh, nine minutes. And then, 
then uh, they go, gee, can you come up with an idea? And then Michael goes, wait a second, I got an idea. Let me go talk to Sean. Uh, or somebody gets an idea. Michael's speech, uh, the, and the ad break. Then their lobby. Uh, judge in Janet. Oh, they go into the Janet void. Uh, yeah. Oh, this, no, this is a different part. Michael doesn't try to solve it here. They go into the Janet void. Uh, uh, to try to come up with another idea. The judge is in the void. Uh, there's a, like a door. It says uh, the humanity clicker thing is in here. Uh, let's see. Right now, Michael's making his night. speech. It goes from 10 to 9 minutes. Uh, he's really like, uh, he's got his hands clasped. He's in front of everything fits. There's a little breeze behind him uh, and on the awnings. Sean's behind him. And he touches Chidi. Chidi, can you do this? Uh, this one, Chidi says, actually, I have an idea. Let's uh, go. So everybody heads off. Uh, that's when the head break comes. And then there was the judge. Judge goes into, uh, she marbleizes a bad Janet. Then they go into a regular Janet, or the Janet, our last, our Janet, actually. So they have to go into our Janet's void. Uh, so now the clock really is ticking, uh, and, uh, oh, cause she, they say, we got an idea, not interested. She goes into Janet, uh, she says, let's go in me, you know, we've all advanced, so it'll be fine. Judge won't listen to us. You know, we got to get her attention. She goes, I have an idea. So they get to the judge, just sit down, uh, after the secret meeting place sign. And she goes, give me one good reason I should hear you out. They're standing in front of a chalkboard. And then Timothy, they go, here he is, Timmy Ol- Timothy Oliphant. Uh, and it's a real one. And he says, I think you should hear them out, uh, Judge. Uh, she goes, oh, okay. Uh, like she's a little bit stunned. She's stunned and happy. Really funny stuff, uh, really. Uh, and he's got a cowboy hat on. A tie. He's casual. He's very cash. And then Sean shows up, and uh, he talks about puppies. They sit down. There's a sign about the afterlife. Uh, everybody kind of takes turns, kind of uh, handing on and off uh, a new vision for humanity, life on Earth, and then the new afterlife. Uh, and they kind of explain. Chidi kind of they take turns, kind of ha- explaining the rules. Uh, you know, they, how they got there. You know, we used to be on Earth, you got one shot. Most of the time you ended up in the bad place. Uh, uh, but we want to give people a chance. Uh, and even Timoth- Timothy keeps getting involved. Uh, he walks up to Chuck. Interesting, why don't you walk us through it? Uh, and uh, they go, your time on Earth isn't pass-fail, but it's a class. And then that test is in the afterlife. Uh, so you kind of keep on learning. Uh, and then uh, Jason tries to rest their case early. Uh, they talk about the new point system, how the bad place and the good place will work together uh, to design something to help you confront your moral shortcomings. Uh, Eleanor's selfishness, Jason's impulsivity, Chidi's indecisiveness, uh, and Tahani's inability to carry off mod look. 
you know, tests could be anything, you know, then you keep taking these tests, you keep improving, you get, you get rebooted. And Oliphant says, uh, he says, Tim's fine at one point, but he goes, you know, if you get rebooted, what about your memories? And they go, uh, you start over. And they go, you'll remain, or get a vague memory. Uh, and then they say, uh, you become a better version of yourself. Uh, and eventually you'll you get it to the good place or you won't, but at least you have a fair chance. Uh, then Sean says, what are my demons doing the whole time? Lava, you know, my lava buddies. And, uh, they go, well, we're going to re- have to retrain them. Uh, and even Timothy says, fair question. Uh. They go, you still have jobs. You're going to help design the tests, uh, role play, just like in Michael's neighborhood. They go, remember, you had fun doing that, pretending you were the judge. Uh, they're like, do you think this would work? And they said, well, Chidi had 800 versions of himself. Uh, you know, he's way cooler. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, even Janice, like, I've evolved even, uh, I was able to, you know, hold four humans in my void, conjure Timothy Oliphant. Uh, I'm a better not a person than I've ever been. Uh, maybe humans should get that opportunity. They say, what do you think? Uh, and then Sean says, pass. Uh, and the judge says, geez, I thought you had it, but sorry. Uh, uh, and they, they go, where'd Sean go? Uh, and she goes, uh, Jane's like, we got seconds, you know. She goes, it's been a pleasure uh, with you, uh, Timothy. And they go, geez, Michael goes, I think he's toying with us. It might give me hope. Let me go talk to him. Uh, Genuine pleasure, sweetie. He's seconds away. So they go to Sean. He's uh, going, uh, um, he's visiting a fountain. uh, And uh, he's putting pee in the pool. And uh, he goes, I had to do it one last time before it's all gone. What are you going to offer me now? Michael goes, nothing, man. You beat us. Uh, and Sean goes, oh, too bad. Uh, all, all humans are gone. And Mike goes, yeah, you won. Seen a billion years. Uh, and Sean goes, yeah, well, when it happens again, I'll be right with your competitor. Uh, and Mike goes, yeah, I guess a million years from now. Uh, yeah, he goes, you oh, know, you've really bested us. Uh, but then Sean's like, we've seen, don't you have like one more plan? And uh, Mike goes, don't you, didn't this is fun? Like having a, uh, what I called ante or uh, whatever. Uh, didn't you, you were bored, weren't you? Uh, and he goes, yeah, I guess so. Uh, goes, something changed and I was having fun again. I'm not ready for that at the end. Uh, Mike goes, I know it's hard when things end, but one way or another, it's over. But what's next? Because uh, this system wasn't working. He goes, well, don't you want to try a new way? And, I mean, really, Ted Danson is at its finest. It's like, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, so they go, let's try a new way together. And then the judge is about to eliminate everything. They go, hang on, your honor. She goes, are you kidding me? Can't I just get like uh, this over with? And they go, Sean's in, in principle. It's just some kinks to work in or out. Uh, 
And then Jason has a moment with the clicker. And they go, okay, well, if we're going to redesign the entire afterlife, what do we do first? Cheaty, what are you going to do? And he goes, don't look at me. I'm just the idea guy. And the episode comes to a close. Uh, a pretty good one. And I think we have uh, three more left uh, uh, to go. So let's now let's run through some of the stuff I looked up here. So Timothy Oliphant, uh, to me, he, you know, I, I, I had a couple of questions about it. Uh, uh, American actor, um, off-Broadway performance in 1995, really, was his first role. Uh, uh, then he was in David Sedaris's Santa Land Diaries, 96. Uh, then he was in Go. That, that, he was in another movie before Go. But I remember seeing him in Go, which John August wrote. Uh, and uh, then he was in a famous Western show on HBO, Seth Bullock. And he's been in a lot of other movies and, and Justified uh, from 2010 to 2015. Uh, and, of course, a good place. Born in Honolulu, Hawaii, then Modesto, California. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, then, yeah, he, I don't know. I just wanted to check in and plus a link to that Wikipedia article about it. Uh, but then he's a 50 gallon man in a 10 gallon hat. I had to go over to history.com uh, to find an article. Why do we call it a 10 gallon hat? This is from Evan Andrews, uh, February 26, 2014. And I'll paraphrase and quote from it. A uh, popular image wouldn't be complete without the 10 gallon hat. Uh, the conventional explanation is that it refers to how much liquid could be put in the hat. Uh, even Ad for Stetson almost showed that. Uh, obviously, it's an exaggeration. But it's actually a 10-gallon hat isn't actually an import from south of the border. Cattle drivers and ranchers in Texas and the southwest uh, often had uh, sported braided hat bands called the galleons, uh, G-L-O-N-S, uh, on their sombreros. A ten galleon, galleon, I think, uh, sombrero hat was uh, large enough that it could fit ten hat bands. And that uh, maybe uh, probably American Cowboys Anglicot, you know, co-opted that term to their own hats and called them 10-gallon hats. Another theory is the corruption of Spanish phrase tan gallon, G-A-L-A-N, which translated to very gallant, gallant, really handsome. So in that sense, it definitely fits Timothy Oliphant, uh, who was also in another movie this year, really having a hit year. Uh, what about vis-a-vis? I thought that was, uh, it's a French expression. V- that's another one. I don't know if this is an expression. Vis-a-vis. dash or whatever. Anyway, it means face-to-face, a French expression in English. Also, a Spanish TV series, an episode of Star Trek, Voyager, an album, and a type of carriage. Uh, I guess we sit face-to-face, I would assume, or presume. Then we get into Judith Scalar. Judith, J-U-D-I-T-H-N, Scalar, S-H-K-L-A-R. Originally from Latvia, 
but obviously had to deal with some for like the W like so uh made it to Canada. Uh, studied at McGill in Canada, then uh, uh, then Harvard. Uh, started teaching at Harvard in '56. Uh, let's see, various academics. Her views are centered on two main ideas. So this is from Wikipedia that uh, uh, me being cruel uh, is kind of the worst, and uh, the liberalism of fear. In quotes, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, this she talks about in her essay that Chidi talked about. Uh, from ordinary vices. Her second idea of oh, the liberalism of spheres focused on the idea that governments are prone uh, to uh, push around the inv- inevitable inequities in power that result from political organization. She advocated for constitutional democracy, which she said was flawed, but still the best go- form of government possible. Uh, it prevents people from some of the you know, power struggles. Uh, uh, every adult should be able to make as many effective decisions without fear or favor about uh, uh, many aspects, uh, rights less and moral liberties. Um, she was deeply interested in injustice and political uh, not things that aren't good. Uh, philosophy fails to give injustice its due, and most philosophers probably. It dudes ignored injustice or only talked about justice, likewise ignoring vice and only talking about virtue. And she wrote, um, ordinary vices, the faces of injustice. Oh, it looks like that was another book uh, uh, that I couldn't pronounce. M-O-N-T-E-S-Q-U-I-E-U. Uh, they came out in 1987. Uh, American citizenship, the quest for inclusion after utopia. So, yeah, just a little bit, a link to that from Wikipedia. Uh, Chidi also said yum, yum, yummy, which made me think of two things, and it pops on yummy, but also made me think of yum brands or yum exclamation point, formerly Tricon Global Restaurants. Uh, uh, Taco Bell, KFC, Pizza Hut, Wing Street. Uh, we used to own Long John Silver's and A and W. I thought it. Uh, I also owned Jollibee. Uh, let's see, Pepsi, PepsiCo's fast food division, and uh, what else we got? International Focus. I don't know. It just made me think of that, but it, uh, I don't see a and uh, I don't see it on there. Actually, I guess I thought they did, but but anyway. So that's a little bit about Yum Yum Brands. What about the song Yummy? Just came out, right? Uh, when I'm recording this, uh, beginning of 2020. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be on. It's from Biebs, Justin Bieber. Solo single, first solo single in three years. Uh, I'd waited so long. Uh, it's a R&B, straightforward R&B number recording. He's got a signature falsetto in the bridge. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, Beeb said it's about his love life, you know, because he's so, I don't know if you know, but uh, so, I mean, I know it's a little bit catchy because it comes up in the car. 
uh, with my daughter, and I say, oh, boy. But speaking of young, speaking of tr- transitions, how about the Wienermobile? Uh, uh, Wienermobile is a series of automobiles shaped like hot dogs. I'm sure this has come up on the show before. First one came out in 1936. It turns out Jason took one. I think I knew somebody that worked in one of these, drove across the country. Uh, nowadays, the drivers are known as hot doggers uh, and hand out whistles shaped like the Wienermobile, known as Wiener, Wiener Whistles. Uh, it was evolved. Uh, uh, fuel rationing kept the Wienermobile off the road during World War II. Uh, in 69, they were built on Chevys. Uh, so just a little bit about it. Let's see. They were GM, uh, then a Dodge, then a Jeep. Uh, yeah, then they were made of plastic in 1975, all the old plastic era. Uh, then a Chevy van with Ford Thunderbird in the 80s. And then uh, Pontiac Grand Am, Trans Am. I think they're custom built. Uh, let's see. Actually, here's something weird. Uh, notable incidents on Wikipedia. It says uh, one of them had a, a license plate that said "Yummy," uh, and it's, I'm not. You can't make that up. So, we better move on after that. Uh, I just wondered what the temperature of lukewarm water was. I think something lukewarm came up. Uh, uh, so this is from culinarylore.com, January thirteenth, twenty fifteen. Uh, meaning of lukewarm is a very inaccurate instruction. Usually it gets a job done. No agreed upon temperature or even a relative scale. Some say it's body temperature. Others say room temperature. Of course, room temperature can vary from 72 to 74 or more or less. Uh, lukewarm and tepid are still considered to be synonyms. Uh, so no good definition. Original the origin of the term is from the thirteen hundreds. Uh, uh, maybe uh, lukewarm water for yeast. Uh, using tep tepid or lukewarm water will generally be okay. So I don't know. So this just uh, I guess we didn't. That was inconclusive. You know, I never miss a chance to talk about Cookie Puss from Carvel Ice Cream or uh, Fudgy the Whale. I did buy, I think I bought a Cookie Puss, or uh, maybe it was a Fudgy the Whale. Every time I go to visit my sister, which is usually once a year, or maybe a little bit, actually the last two years are gone. Uh, to see her, I buy, I stop at Carvel and I buy ice cream cake, uh, usually Cookie Puss if I can get it. And then I have something with some of them right on it. Uh, Carvel ice cream, uh, freshly made exclusive products, along with the Hug Me Bear and Fudgy the Whale. It's a cake with a face, uh, with cookies for eyes, uh, ice cream cone for the nose. According to Carvel's backstory, Cookie Puss is a space alien who was born on the planet Birthday. His original name was Celestial Person, but the initial CP, people started calling Cookie Puss, Cookie Puss. Uh, in the television commercials, Cookie Puss has the ability to fly, though interplanetary travel, he needs a spacecraft, obviously. Uh, originally repurposed to serve as a cake for St. Patrick's Day, it was Cookie O'Puss, uh, still sold annually. 
So that's just a little bit. I mean, who can't who can't get enough of Cookie Puss? Uh, Cincinnati came up. Uh, it's in the state of Ohio, Hamilton County, seated in 1788, uh, northern side of uh, the Licking and Ohio Rivers on the state line with Kentucky. It's a metropolitan area with a population of about 2.19 million. Uh, Ohio's the largest metropolitan area. Wow. And this nation's 28th largest. So you, I would have not, I would have thought it was the second largest city. It was bigger than Cleveland, I guess. Uh, the city population is 302,000. Uh, third largest city. Okay. So it's metropolitan areas larger, but, uh, it's the third largest city in Ohio because you know, Columbus is big and Cleveland's big. And of course, Cleveland rocks. It looks like uh, one of the pictures is of, uh, uh, I don't know what that is. Let's see. Downtown Cincinnati, Union Terminal, over the Rhine something. It looks like the Hall of Justice. Uh, what else do we need to know about Cincinnati here? Incorporated in 1802 as a town. Uh, in January, oh, January 1st, 1802, that's handy. Uh, mayor, council, government, uh, 79.54 square miles in the city. Highest elevations, uh, 482 feet. Uh, oh, no, elevation is highest elevations on Mount Airy. Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge is not in Cincinnati, though. Uh, so that's a little bit about Cincinnati. And maybe you and me were, I forgot that that, that show, there was a show called uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, town to town, up and down the dial. Uh, that, like my, my friends played that song, their band would play it. Uh, I think it was on repeats when I was a kid. Uh, Howard Hassman and other people were on that show that I, I forget. Uh, so it's Cincinnati. What about my, because they said my own private Cincinnati reminded me of my own private Idaho, which was a 1991 indie movie by Gus Van Sant, Gus Van Sant, uh, by Gus Van Sant, River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves are in it, uh, and uh, they are, it's a road trip movie uh, to Mike's hometown uh, in Idaho and then to Rome. Uh, it was uh, uh, loosely based on uh, Henry the Fourth, uh, Part One, and Part Two, and Henry the Fifth. It premiered at the 48th uh, annual Venice International Film Festival. I know I've seen it, but not in a long, long, long time. It's considered a landmark uh, in the new queer cinema movement, 1990s movement. Uh, it's a cult classic. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing it probably in the mid 90s. Uh, uh, just like one of those, actually, maybe it was even earlier than that. Maybe I saw it when it came out in the movie theater. Uh, but I mean, you really can't go wrong. Like uh, River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. Uh, uh, like, uh, it is, uh, based on a, um, a 1963 novel by John Roche, maybe, uh, City of Night. 
so, uh, I mean, I would consider it a classic film. Uh, I mean, I, I really I kind of barely remember it that I'll have to rewatch soon. Uh, my own private Idaho. Uh, Ring My Bell was a song. I did look up the lyrics. There's not that many lyrics. And uh, it's a disco song uh, by Frederick Knight. Uh, it was written for Stacy Ladisaw uh, boy, about people talking on the phone. But they must have rewrote it. Uh, Anita Ward wrote the version. They became a hit. And it doesn't seem like it's talking about talking on the phone. Uh, it's, a, it's definitely a good disco song. What about, I think we've talked about 8-track tapes on here before. They were before my time. Uh, but I guess they're still around in the 80s. I remember one of my cousins had it in his car. It was created by a consortium of, uh, in 1964 by Bill Learjet, uh, Ampex, Ford Motor Company, GM, Motorola, RCA. Uh, is a magnetic tape, uh, like uh, similar to the real real, uh, but it was a lot bigger than uh, cassette tapes. Uh, but the Learjet stereo eight track uh, cartridge, I mean, because it could have, uh, I don't know if it meant because it had eight tracks on there. Oh, yeah, because there could be four track or eight track cartridges uh, to listen to something in your car. Uh, yes, there's a lot of even karaoke machines. That's where you could do quadraphonic mixes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, quadraphenia, right? Uh, Milton Bradley had an Omni Entertainment electronic quiz game, uh, similar to Jeopardy or You Don't Know Jack, using eight track tapes. But it, it declined in the 70s with the compact cassette arriving. Uh, and they did diminish just slowly across the globe. And phased out of retail by 82. So, interesting part of our history. I just want to link to it. Then uh, there's, uh, let's see, what time we have? What time we have for? Okay, Keep on Trucking came up. There's a couple of things. There's a TV series uh, that never aired. Uh, or I guess it says it aired on ABC. Uh, but it was a Rod Serling series. Uh, so, I don't know. There's only four episodes, and that's all that really is about it in Wikipedia. But that caught my eye, because you know, that's one of my heroes. Uh, then there was a Zamp Comics, uh, Robert Crumb's Keep on Trucking uh, in the late 60s. Uh, and... Uh, it did have some, it, like, oh, it was like it became such a thing that the copyright, uh, it was just a one-page comic, I guess. Uh, oh, they came out, it was a visual rift on the lyrics of the song, Trucking My Blues Away. And, uh, yeah, Crumb was offered $100,000 by Toyota to reproduce the image, but they turned it down. Uh, Crum uses the, this is from Wikipedia, uses the example as an example of discomfort he felt when he got fame in the 60s, saying, uh, I became acutely self-conscious about what I was doing. Was I now a spokesperson for hippies or what? I had no idea how to handle my new position. Take, keep on trucking, for example. It's a curse of my life. Uh, caught on hugely. There was a DJ would yelled out every 10 minutes and don't forget to keep on trucking 
big feet equals collective optimism. You're walking. So, uh, uh, just like a little bit about crumb, that wasn't easy. Uh, so there's another, and then there's keep on trucking, uh, the song from Eddie Kendrick says uh, on Motown. Uh, then there's uh, like, uh, I don't know, there's more than one song, but this one was uh, after Eddie Kendricks uh, left the Tem- Temptations. Uh, this song came out in August uh, uh, 1973. Uh, let's see, it was recorded in Motown Studios in L.A. And it's a funk song. Um, and yeah, I don't know, they just said, well, there's more than one entry by Cuban Trucking. And then I'll link to the mod thing, but there's way too much mod. We've covered this article before, uh, the kind of mod movement that spread in London in the 50s, which I think is a little bit different than the style uh, uh, that Hani's saying, but maybe not. Uh, but I'll link to that. Uh, and, yeah, thanks for listening, and good night. All right, hey, everybody, Scoots, we're talking about uh, the good place here. I'm still actually loading up. I just started to start recording while I'm still prepping. Uh, why? I don't know why, but, uh, I just said, Hey, let's start talking. And actually already the uh, episode is a plan. It opens in the like bank, like uh, lobby of the, the place that is not so good. And actually I'm on my notes from you've changed man. So I got to change my notes uh, Mondays. Am I right? Uh, open office. There's somewhere between 26 and 28 desks. Uh, uh, there and of course there's that bank vault in the background there's some books on desks there's old-fashioned adding machines a lot of uh the old steel style furniture you know i used to in, 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 once upon a time i had a job where i would have to uh put in ergon i would install ergonomic workstations for people Nothing like knowing where you uh when you, you climb under people's desks that work for a living uh you say, well, I know where, where, where I where, like, uh, but uh, this one, yeah, a lot of metal desks. Is that a kitty cat on that one desk? Uh, some people are working, fi- what do they call those things? Filofaxes or however you look up phone numbers, Rolodexes. Uh, the, the actual, the, probably the original Rolodex, metal adding machines, desk lamps. Um, there's some books or ledgers on desks. And some bad places and employees have been talking about, hey, there's no one, no humans coming in. It's kind of bored. It's not the same. Uh, then a bad Janice says, special meeting. Uh, everybody has a laugh. Uh, then they go into con- the conference room, the one we've seen from the web series and other things. Also, there is nice sunlight coming in or some sort of light coming into the workplace. Not enough that I would say it makes the workplace good. Oh, what was that? I just noticed somebody was playing at something at their desk there. Uh, I may have to pause it, but uh, like some light. Yeah, so one of the uh, workers in the background, he like seems like he has a cat toy he's playing with. Uh, on his desk, a little bit like one of those volleyballs on a string. But anyway, they go into the conference room, a few of the bad place workers, and 
They walk in. The first thing you see is like plans and an easel. And then it's a conference room. On the left side wall of the conference room are some green computer-type screens. One has bathroom icons. I don't know if that symbolizes uh, uh, Jason uh, Tahani, uh, 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 Chidi and Eleanor or not. And then there's a radar. There's some printing. Michael and Janet and Sean are there as well. And the good place people actually think that the humans got caught. They go, oh, good. Uh, and Michael says, no, 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 I'm your uh, your boss now. And then Sean can barely get out that they're going to be working together. A uh, nice time pocket square on uh, Michael, by the way. Really like a pop on that po- pocket square that pops. And nice colors in his time. I'm not sure if it's fish. It might be koi. Uh, I'm not being koi, but the kois, it could be a Michael's tie. And there's a, like, a Sean doesn't like saying, they go, hey, you're hand-selected. First bad place architects to learn the new system. New system. Uh, it's already wor- already works. Uh, this is the way it's always been done. And Tahani points out the uh, danger of that statement. Uh, but the good place people take it literally. Uh, so, you know, some uh, some things. Then it opens chapter 50, uh, which is Mondays, I'm right. Then we're in the file room with uh, Chidi and Eleanor. And the computers there have a, a file for every human in the bad place, which is pretty much every human. And Jason's there, too. I think they have to look up... Uh, uh, like they say, well, what are we going to do with all this information? These are like some old school one piece computers too, you know, cause Eleanor wants to look up stuff about, uh, uh, you know, past humans, uh, past presidents behaviors. Uh, but they say, okay, well, Michael's trying to get to uh, train the architects. So our job is to find a th- first thousand humans uh, to be the test people, but, you know, like people that will sail through it so we can build confidence in the system. And they say, okay, like the people with the highest point totals or greatest hardships. uh, And what about just the best people who ever lived? Those are some gimmies. So then Jason lists some of his favorites, uh, which is hilarious, uh, including a genie right after Jazzy Jeff, which was interesting because uh, Will Smith played a genie and was in, you know, with DJ Jazzy Jeff. Uh, Jason says, yeah, come on. Uh, then he lists even more people, and he says, okay, let's call it a day. He goes out, uh, uh, leaves, uh, um, who's that, Eleanor and uh, Chidi alone, Kool-Aid man. That was one of them. I had to say somebody. Uh, then we're back in the conference room. Uh, they say, okay, look, I'm going to give out Tahani, uh, Tahani Jamil's uh, they say, Michael says, I'm going to hand out to Hani's uh, uh, file. She's a test subject, uh, and they get an idea. Uh, no one really is excited. Uh, then uh, they say, you know, Jesus, this isn't going to be easy for them. Uh, Michael, Michael gets really enthusiastic. He says, they're having to learn the whole new system. You know, they're setting their ways, but this is the fun part, the work. And, you know, no matter what happens, we're putting in a better, uh, you know, a better, brighter future. Then Phil says, you know what? I don't want to work here. Uh, he was in the performative wokeness department. Uh, 
And a lot of fun, funny jokes there. Uh, fills out. Then we have Jason reading his own file. He's cracking up uh, to Eleanor, talking about siphoning. Car, boat, uh, always got that gas. The way he says it is the best. Uh, you could watch that a thousand times over. He goes, she goes, what is that? He goes, oh, I printed out all our files. Uh, then Eleanor kind of gets a little stressed by that. She says, she's uh, uh, like, uh, you know, I love you so much, honey. Uh, like uh, to, to uh, cheat it because she starts worrying, oh, if you're going to read my file. Also, you could pause it multiple times in this episode to see some of the names. Uh, I guess right now it's out of uh, uh, focus. We'll talk about some of the people who's like one, of the, one or two of the people whose names you might not be familiar with. Uh, there's someone's name on the book. This will, I believe, will be a mystery. Uh, but I just emailed the person who I associate with this. There's someone whose name's on the board. So this is a little behind the scenes of Scoot's life uh, a long time ago. Uh, there's someone whose name's on the board. Uh, very very uh, exemplary life. Uh, did a lot of things for other people. Who was the subject of an Oscar-winning short film, a fiction, a short a fictional or non-fiction? I guess a short film. Uh, I guess about like it was based on real life, but it wasn't. A, it wasn't a documentary. I don't know what you call those. Uh, a short biopic, I guess that I happened to be an extra in, and I was cut from the movie before it won the Oscar. Uh, though my roommates that were also extras were all in it. So the camera panned across my roommates and then cut fake cut to probably heard that story before. Uh, so, you know, that's my, not my claim to fame. All my other roommates from the time, they were in an Oscar winning movie as an extras, uh, as extras, or maybe two out of three, maybe one of my roommates couldn't make it. Like she had to work. Uh, and now she's an actress, uh, which is like, uh, I guess that's irony. So anyway, so I thought of that when I looked on the board. Where was I, though? I got lost. But if you want to pause it, you know, there's some good names up there. Uh, but let's see. Eleanor stressed about her file. Uh, possible test subjects. I was on the chalkboard. Uh, we're in love. You know, oh, boy. I don't, you know, Chidi's like, I don't know about your tone. She goes, oh, I don't want you to read my file. Will you still love me? Maybe you should read my file. Halloween 2013. Actually, it's funny because Halloween 2013 was like the end of my Halloweens too. I think that was, uh, right, 2013 or was it 2012? Anyway, so uh, they, they go back and forth. Uh, I don't need, read, don't read my file. We're going to spend a turn together. Maybe you should read my file. Chidi, of course, is like, I don't understand. Uh, uh, just read my file. He goes, okay, once I'm done with this one file of this really, uh, an, another person has done a lot. And Eleanor's a little bit worried. Uh, then we go, we, we get a hint of about the good place sound when someone passes, a human passes the test and goes to the good place. Oh, there's this cheesy video. That's what it is. Uh, and it's really cheesy. It's really good. Uh, a lot of good fake acting in this episode. Acting like you're fake acting. But Chidi's in a green thumbs-up good place architect t-shirt. Tahani's in a human, I think it's like a off-white with a purple writing shirt. And Jason's in a red bad place architect t-shirt. Uh, 
What does that say? Gold onion, bad acting. Yeah, let me see. The video's about to roll here. And, uh, like, uh, let me, oh, gold chain. That's what it is. Jason also has a gold chain on. Uh, but they say, geez, that's the sound you hear for human pass is a test. Uh, new system's great. Uh, who do we, who do we, it's just so great. I mean, really good. Uh, uh, and they say, who do we have to thank for implementing this? Michael says, by me. And then they say, okay, thanks, everybody. And the Bad Place Architect people are like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you're making us watch this. Uh, and they goes this over. And then there's like another simply the best part that is simply the best. Uh, then they argue about what's lamer, this uh, this uh, work video in the new system or the old system. And Michael says the old system was basic. You know, you didn't even know anything about the humans. Uh, you just used a few things. Uh, and, uh, you know, used it this way. We're going to work with their specific, you know, like uh, the, we're going to help them. Uh, we're going to really dig deep. He goes, trust me, humans are very flawed. And this is a chance to be a bold, part of a bold new future. Well, so Michael played keyboards in the video. I put Michael on keys. Uh, then Vicky shows up. She calls herself a stone cold fox, which I liked. Uh, uh, then there's an ad. I don't know if she, yeah, I guess she says I'm a stone cold fox. And uh, uh, they say, Vicky, what are you doing there? Then they cut to an ad. Then Vicky, they're like, why, what are you back? Vicky, what are you doing here? And she goes, I want to be part of this new system. Uh, I love the idea. And Michael goes, I'm not sure I trust you. Like, uh, she goes, well, look, after I went into goo, I was thinking while well, my goo is reforming and I want to change as things change. And I guess she says a trite line because all the actors, she says, change can be scary, but an artist's job is to be scared. They said, well, I must be doing my job because that's how I feel 90% of the time without trying. But they say, okay, check out Tahani's file. She goes, oh, I don't need it. I know her well. Uh, and they have a good joke about shade and casting shade. Uh, then we go back to Chidi and Eleanor. Chidi's finishing up Eleanor's file. We, they have a discussion about sunk cost. Chidi is very impressed uh, because uh, she's lived such a full life and overcome so much uh, and gone on so many journeys. Uh, he goes, my file size is one-tenth uh, tenth the size. He uses, damn, he says, I'm a d damn drip, uh, uh, which I thought was interesting. I said, hey, can you say that on there? Uh, he goes, you were more confident at 13 than I ever was. Uh, and she goes, well, you still love me. He goes, yeah, but I might not be good enough for you. And she goes, you're confident, Cheaty. He goes, yeah, I don't know. What about Nicholas, that fireman? Uh, and she goes, yeah, he was, you know, pretty H.O. to the T, but uh, I love you. And she goes, we could always have a conversation about it, but if you know me, then... Uh, she goes, what have you done? Not return to library book? He goes, yeah, okay, yeah. And he goes, I put the, he goes, I'm making up for it. Trust me to watch the episode. Uh, and Chidi's in his doubtful place, which he, they say, let's get back to work, you know. Rainbow sweat. Oh, rainbow sweetener. I thought that said it. it's, uh, Eleanor has a rainbow sweater on. I guess technically it's not a rainbow. It's just a striped long sleeve tee. Neither a sweater nor a rainbow. Now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but, and Stan Smith's, uh, has three colors plus pink uh, arms, uh, 
what color scoots lime green a royal blue and uh, maybe a magenta brick somewhere between those two colors uh, it could be a t t t or a sweater light sweater okay so then we go to the do run in the test center honey lots of knobs to program the testing thing which is kind of like in a radio booth uh uh, then they say no furry forest friends. The first test ends with furry forest friends. Uh, so they say, okay, no furry forest friends uh, for people. Uh, use something else. Uh, uh, the challenge is the subject's face should be smaller and ro- more relatable. So Tani's at a fancy party. First time a forest friend shows up. Second time, it's a talking smaller forest friend who has a shirt on that says, uh, Mondays, M-O-N-D-A-Y-S apostrophe S, comma, am I right, question mark. Oh, no, that was the title of the episode. But the T-shirt says, Epic Bacon Much, uh, with bacon on the side. And then they stop the test again. They say, no forest friends. Oh, sorry, smaller, more relatable. Like humans relate uh, to Mondays and bacon. And and then, oh, then... uh, and then Vicky says, what about if I try? I think I got this. She goes, first, you got to get into Tahani's headspace. Uh, hello, love, pish, posh, tunas and pickles. Uh, you know, she does some Tahani. And then she goes, okay, let me think about this for a second. Uh, then we're back at the office. Uh, and Eleanor finishes up a book. She leaves. She goes to look for, for a snack bar, I think. Uh, and then Jason says, what's up, dude, to uh, Cheaty? He goes, hey, you have a tell. Uh, I know you're upset. He goes, really? He goes, yeah, you tell to Eleanor. You're upset. Uh, and Cheaty goes, she's going to get bored with me. And uh, he goes, I'm a boring person, and she's an exciting person. And Jason goes, yeah, you're different, though. Opposites attract. And he goes, well, yeah, there couldn't be more or bigger opposites than you and Janet. Uh and then Jason says, is Janet going to get bored with me? And uh, Jason kind of walks out sad. It'll get a quick call back, though. And Chidi says, oh, man, oh, boy, you know, Charlie Brown style. Uh, then uh, we go back to the test. Uh, Vicky's running the program now. And she says, places action. And then it's a party at, uh, also at like about like 11 minutes into the episode without ads. There's a lot more names on the board. Yeah, but we go back and there's a dinner for, uh, Camilla, which again, I'm waiting for the, I'm a little bit ahead of the show because I've been pausing it so much. Uh, uh, but it's a dinner for Camilla. Tahani's there. Very fancy dressed people. They say, oh boy, Camilla's album's not going to work out. Uh, she may have to fly coach and check a bag. Uh, but then her, her, their parents are there. They kind of, you know, uh, say something not nice to Tahani. And they say, do you have any praise for Camilla's latest album or any other aspect of Camilla? So many to celebrate. Tahani? Why don't you go first? Uh, you've had so many failures. Say something nice about your sister. Also, there's even more jokes in there. And uh, 
then the test ends and Tahani, this is really great acting, by the way. She goes, well done, Vicky. And she puts her hand on her tummy. Like, uh, I just thought that was such a nice extra touch uh, after the test. Uh, and Vicky's pretty happy. And then the, the bad place people are like, oh, okay. So her parents are like the forest friends. Uh, and instead of forest friending him, they forest her self-esteem. And they go, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they go, yeah, flattening the blankety-blank of their hearts. Uh, and they go, let's look deeper in her file and figure out how to challenge her. And the mic goes, slow down. Vicky, uh, C+, plus, uh, just a C+, plus, uh, not good. Maybe you should just leave uh, C+, plus again. And uh, she goes, same old Michael, can't share the spotlight. And she goes, well, goodbye, everyone. That's a wrap on Vicky. Uh, then there's an ad. Uh, then we have uh, 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 Tahani, uh, uh, Michael, and Janet. And they're like, why would you fire? They're walking in a hall. They go, why would you fire Vicky, Michael? Uh, what are you thinking? He goes, it was a beginner's luck. Uh, and he goes, he goes, it's a secret sauce only I know how to put on the stake of this process. Uh, and they go, not only is Vicky good at the design, she's good at teaching. And Michael goes, it's going too fast. Uh, and, you know, they go, whatever. Like, uh, you know, Michael's not happy. And then they go, geez, come on, Michael. It's uh, You just want your nemesis to help her solve things. And Janice says, you know, I had to ask Alexa something. And he goes, no. He goes, well, thousands, hundreds of years. This is another one of these beats where it's really touching. And Michael says, you know, I had a job, you know, coming up with this system and trying to fix the system, uh, rolling a rock up a hill over and over, uh, and it rolled back down again, and I had something to do. And then Vicky, Vicky comes along and just lifts it right over the hill. Because uh, pushing the rock up the hill gave me a purpose. Who am I if the rock is gone? Uh, then, a, then a great joke uh, after that. Uh, yeah, but they say, Geez, well, we, if we don't get Vicky back, Vicky's our best chance. Uh, so focus on that right now with the few, and then deal with the future in the future. Uh, then Chidi and uh, Jason are in the lobby, and Chidi's like, sorry, Jason, I didn't mean to, you know. Uh, he goes, no, Jan and I are different. You know, maybe it won't last. Like Montague's in the Capulets. Uh, and he goes, I read some books, man. And, but she says, well, even if it doesn't make sense, who cares? Uh, you have a beautiful relationship, uh, and you love one another. It's all that matters. Uh, and he goes, real, Jason goes, really, you believe that? And, and then she goes, yeah. And he goes, okay. Then reverse, it basically gives a cheaty great advice. Uh, put it back in your head and realize it was you talking about you and Eleanor. And he, uh, Chidi's very impressed. And then Jason was chess mate, uh, uh, classic. Uh, uh, then Michael and Vic are in the lobby. Uh, is that where they are? Oh, no, they're in the lobby. Michael and Vicky talk. And Michael says, she's in, oh, they're in like the office. Yeah, the where all the desks are. My, she's got yoga stuff. He goes, she's, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it was my own insecurities. Please come back. She goes, nope. She goes, I'm a strong, independent, uh, 
uh, like uh, in, in the suit of a strong, independent woman, uh, headed out to ice yoga class or ice cold yoga class or something. He goes, "You were the best part of my neighborhood. Uh, I took you for granted, and that was wrong." And uh, he goes, now I want to give you the role of a lifetime. Run the whole project, uh, all my plans and notes. Uh, then I'll step back. You take over. Uh, full creative control like a director. Uh, but she goes, no, no, that won't work. You can't just put me in charge. Uh, uh, she, he goes, well, I'm not going to give it to you. You'll take it. Uh, and she says, well, interesting. Uh, not a I don't want to be a, your puppet. Uh, uh, then we have Cheedy and Eleanor back in the office. You can see even more names on the board. Uh, and uh, she says, she's sorry. Uh, uh, and then he goes, I'm going to learn the guitar so you won't get bored with me. She goes, actually, I like drummers. Read my file. Yeah, you know, but they retouch base of love, uh, which is nice. Uh, then more bad acting, cause, uh, more b- good bad acting, because Michael says, okay, for this next phase of training. And then Vicky, they, Vicky goes, stop right there. And they go, I can't believe you're here. And she goes, that's right, I'm taking over. It's just, you got to watch it. Uh, I'm still standing, Mikey boy. Explain what you mean for me and everyone else. Uh, so she 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 takes over, says, is everybody with me to take over from Michael? They go, oh, yeah. And then, you know, Vicky wants to take it a little bit farther with a little dance battle from West Side Story, but uh, they say, no, 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 we're out. And eventually we get to this big final scene or, or series of scenes. Maybe there's one more ad break, I'm not sure. So Vicky says, Tony takes over, Michael storms out, Vicky wants to have the dance battle, uh, but they, they still leave. And then it's 1.28 Jeremy Barmy later, uh, we have a, it's a tag, and then it's, a, it's a, we're in the good place, or Michael's neighborhood of the good place, uh, the new afterlife architect training school, uh, and then a picture of Vicky, like, uh, it says artistic director Vicky. She's kind of, she, she looks, it's a very prototypical sign that you've seen, uh, a very prototypical sign that you've seen. But then uh, it's definitely worth a rewatch because uh, people are coming in from the train station. It's a bit like a uh, adult college orientation or something. At some point, a panda bear just appears. Uh, uh, but there's check-in desks. Vicky's talking. Uh, I don't know, there's probably even more cookies hidden in other places. Uh, she says, welcome everyone, good place, architects to the left, bad place to the right, grab your packets, classes start in 30 minutes, my movement for uh, uh, Volcano Friends is full, and everything looks smooth. Oh, also someone was holding an auction sign that said E32. I think those were people that work there, because I'm seeing another person in the background. Tell them nowhere to go. Everyone has tote bags. I'm not sure what's on the tote bags. It's like a circle with someone's profile. Maybe there's good place. Oh, and it looks like there's good place and bad place ones. The bad place ones are red. And they say, oh, man, Michael, you got that rock up the hill. Uh, now you now this is very, Jan says, now we just have to find your next rock. Uh, 
And the first neighborhoods are up and running. Soul Squad is all together here. They say, Then the chime comes, the good place chime. They see that means someone got into the good place. And Michael and Jana have these big smiles. They go, uh, who is it, Prince? I got to be Prince. That's what uh, Eleanor says. And they go, no, it's you guys. Uh, judge agreed. Uh, saving the universe worth a few points. Uh, you're in. Everybody's cheering and happy. They go, I can't believe, believe this is real. Then a balloon, hot air balloon comes, a gold one. And they go, yeah, well, let's do it, I guess. Uh, holy moly, let's do some traveling. Uh, uh, you coming with us, Michael and Janet are, of course, coming with us. Uh, they get in, everybody's gathering around. Uh, uh, they got all their name tags and their tote bags, and the, the balloon starts to take off. They say, see you, bye. J- or Jason calls them fools. Like Nick Foles and F O L O L S, and uh, the episode comes to a close. Uh, so that's that. So let's let's just keep going here with like what else came up on this episode, eh? Am I right? Mondays? Am I right? Let's look up some stuff. What about the Happy Mondays? Uh, they were a, a English rock band from formed in nineteen eighty. Uh, let's see, Bridge to Manchester, independent rock music of the 80s, and the UK rave scene, drawing influences from funk house, uh, psychedelic, it's like a, that word, you know. Uh, they had a first in, incarnation on Factory Records, uh, that was in the mid-80s, uh, and they were an important part of the M- Manchester scene, rave culture, and even Paul McCartney was a fan. Uh, then they disbanded in 93, kind of split up, formed some other groups. Uh, uh, let's see, another reincarnation of Mondays would be later. Uh, and, yeah, you had a couple of other, like, reboots. And then there was, oh, because they were in, uh, oh, the 24-hour party people. Wow, has has them in the movie, uh, some of the. Oh, no, they're played by... Oh, they did have uh, Paul Ryder had a cameo. Yeah, then a third incarnation uh, was a reformation with some of the original members. They were formed in Liverpool in 2006. It toured in the late aughts. Uh, and then 2012, they had a fourth inca- incarnation. So a lot of stuff. I mean, I just wanted to bring it up because I thought of it when I thought of the Monday. So what about easel? I said, what would happen if I looked up easel? How do you spell that? E-A-S-E-L, which is an upright support used for displaying or fixing something resting at it uh, at an angle of about 20 degrees to the vertical. Traditionally used by painters uh, for paintings uh, or to display paintings, uh, typically made of wood. Uh, easel painting is even considered a style of painting. Uh, it's an old Germanic is synonym for donkey. Uh, in other languages, the only equivalent is uh, uh, for both the animal and apparatus. Uh, they've been used at least uh, as early as the ancient Egyptians. Uh, there's tripod designs, there's H-frame designs, there's multi-purpose, you know, designs uh, that you could see more modern ones even. 
uh, and they could be full height standing on the floor or shorter for a table. You got artist easels, children's easels, display easels, darkroom easels, facilitation easels, and paint stations. Or studio easels, a field easel, which we saw. Sumo was painting something in the first or the first or second season of uh, the good place that we saw too. So I don't know. That's just a little bit about you know. That's easy, easy on easels. Uh, so I thought of like there's these one piece computers, which I did. I looked into a little bit, and I think they're probably Wang computers is my best guess. Uh, but I couldn't find anything super interesting about it. So then I was like, oh, well, have we talked about One Piece on this show, the Japanese manga? Uh, it was, uh, uh, it's been uh, serialized since uh, July, because when I was a librarian, it was ex- extremely popular. Uh, it's by Oda. It was uh, ju- started July 22nd, 1997. It's come out in 95 of its own volumes. It follows the adventures of uh, Monkey D. Luffy, a boy whose body gained the properties of rubber. Uh, after taking a special fruit, he's got, he hangs with the Straw Hat Pirates. Uh, and I never actually read any of it. I just would give it out to the youth I worked with at the library. Uh, but it sounds it sounds like it's episodic, uh, and uh, too, because they're in search of a treasure, the ultimate treasure known as One Piece, uh, to become king of the pirates. It's now a media franchise, uh, it's a festival film, an anime series, uh, which started in 1999, 14 feature films, uh, which was one film and then 13 television specials. Uh, several companies have done merch, video games, uh, and, you know, eventually it was recent in North America and the UK uh, in 2004 and 2007. It's rece- received praise for its storytelling, art, characterization, and humor. Several album, uh, uh, volumes of the manga have uh, broken publishing records, including the highest initial print run of any book in Japan. Uh, the official website for Oda says that uh, it has set the Guinness Book World Record for most copies published for the same comic book series by a single author. 462 million copies in circulation, 43 countries. Uh, so that's pretty, pretty, pretty successful, huh? Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, uh, like, uh, Monkey D. Luffy, whose, uh, hero and idol is Red-Haired Shanks, uh, uh the world of one place is popular by humans and other races, uh, fish people, big people, uh, uh, you know, forest friends and humans, uh, a lot of other stuff. This does really sound interesting to me. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot, lot more about it here. Uh, media, let's see what else we have. Uh, the festival films, anime series, uh, theatrical films, uh, the video games, music, uh, light novels, arts and guidebooks. Wait, a theme park here. A restaurant modeled uh, by the same name opened in 2013. 
at Fuji Television Headquarters, an indoor theme park located inside the Tokyo Tower, uh, also opened. Uh, they may have done a live action series or they may be trying to get a live action series made. Yeah, it looks like they just ordered, Netflix ordered a season of 10 episodes of live action. Uh, reception, you know, the, the, let's see, oh, there's reproductions of the two pirate ships, uh, Going Merry and Thousand Sunny. I just remember waiting for these, uh, to come out, like, uh, it was like, when does the next one of these come out? Uh, and I would look and, and, and try to have it pre-ordered uh, for when they came out. What volume are they on now? I don't know. I was just trying to look that up too. But uh, yeah, so it's a little bit about One Piece. Okay, so one of the names on the board was uh, Toyohiko Kagawa. Uh, who was uh, uh, lived from uh, 1888 until 1960, a Japanese Christian pacifist and a labor organizer. Uh, uh, Kagawa uh, worked and spoke at length the way to employ Christian principles in the ordering of societies and cooperatives. Uh, he had a vocation to the poor, uh, advocated for William, women's suffrage and peace. Uh, he was born in Kobe, Japan, uh, like, uh, went away to school, uh, was taught by, uh, some missionaries, uh, and so he learned, uh, a lot, learned about Christianity, uh, later would go to college and then the seminary, uh, but he wasn't so sure about the technical side of doctrine, uh, he believed in Christianity in action. Uh, like the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so in 1909, he uh, started becoming a missionary, social worker, sociologist, uh, wanted to work hard at combating poverty. Uh, He first published uh, researches in the psychology of the poor based on experiences he had uh, uh, that brought attention to more middle-class Japanese people. And, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff uh, that uh, people needed to know about. Then he got into labor activism in the 20s. Um, uh, and he even was uh, like, uh, authorities weren't pleased about that. He wrote uh, a few fictional novels uh, during that time. Uh, he was involved in a lot of uh, labor, you know, peace work. Uh, uh, advocacy, advocacy for a lot of different people. Uh, uh, his economic theory was expressed in his book, The Brotherhood Economics, which advocated that the Christian church, the cooperative movement, and the peace movement unite in a powerful working synthesis to provide a workable alternative uh, to capitalism, socialism, and fa- fascism. Uh, his work in the cooperative movement uh, consisted of founding several consumer cooperatives in 1921, uh, Co-op Kobe, uh, Nada Consumer Co- Cooperative, uh, Kyoto uh, Consumer Cooperative, uh, Tokyo Student Consumer Cooperative. So a lot of those uh, three-dimensional forestry uh, he tried to persuade many of Japan's upland farmers in the 1930s uh, 
that the solution of soil erosion was uh, a tree planting uh, to preserve soil, uh, food supply, help animals, uh, three dimensions of one system. And there's a lot more about it, but I wanted to bring that to your attention too. Uh, what about siphon? Siphon uh, from the ancient Greek, uh, Greek uh, pipe or tube uh, is a wide variety of devices that involve the flow of liquids through tubes in a narrower sense. Uh, it refers particularly to a tube in an inverted U-shape, which causes liquid to flow upward above the surface of a reservoir with no pump, and then, powered by the fall of the liquid, flows down a tube under the pull of gravity, and then just discharges a level lower than the surface of the reservoir from which it came. There are two leading theories about how—this is all from Wikipedia, everything I've been saying today— uh, Theories about how siphons uh, cause liquid to flow up tube against gravity without being pumped, powered by gravity. Uh, The traditional theory for centuries was that gravity was pulling the liquid down one side of the siphon, uh, which resulted in reduced pressure at the top of the siphon, and the atmospheric pressure was pushing the liquid from the upper reservoir uh, into the reduced pressure at the top of the siphon, like a barometer or straw, and then over. However, it's been demonstrated that siphons can operate operate in a vacuum. Jason would be happy to know that. Uh, And in heights exceeding the barometric height of liquid. Consequently, the cohesive tension siphon, uh, cohesive tension theory of siphon operation has been advocated, where the liquid is pulled over the siphon and kind of like a chain. And also need not be that one theory be correct. uh, that uh, is circumstances may determine it. And I'll link to that article some more. You could read about siphons. What about the best? Uh, you know, a lot of us are familiar with uh, Tina Turner's version or Janet and uh, Michael's version, but Bonnie Tyler originally recorded it in 1988 album Hide Your Heart, uh, written by Mike Chapman and Holly Knight uh, and produced by Desmond Child. Reached number 10 in Norway and number 5 in the UK. Uh, and then Tina Turner released a version in 1989 uh, that became highly successful. Edgar Winter plays the saxophone on Tina, uh, Tina Turner's version. It was on her album Foreign Affair. Uh, and uh, Holly Knight said, you know, it's a song that's positive but not cheesy. I don't know what movie it was on. Maybe, I think it was like in one of the movies is why it was also so popular. But I don't know. Let's see. Popular culture in the United States. uh, uh, Let's see. A lot of sports teams use it. uh, And it was on, oh, HBO. That was why. That's probably where I I heard it was uh, an HBO promo. That's definitely where I heard it. Okay, what about sunk costs? Let's get real quick. It's uh, in economics, the sunk cost is known as a cost that's already been occurred and cannot be recovered. Uh, I think there's like the sunk cost failing. Let's see what the Concord effect is. Uh, sunk costs do, in fact, influence people's decision. The sunk cost fallacy or Concord fallacy is a fallacy that investments justify further expenditures. 
the, the Concorde fallacy derives from the fact that the British and French governments continue to fund the development of the Concorde supersonic airplane. Even after it became apparent there was no longer an economic case for the aircraft, uh, the British government privately regarded the project as not going well commercially, and it should have never been started, but there was political and legal issues. Uh, uh, or if you had a ticket to a baseball game, the ticket buyer could choose between two things if he doesn't like the game. Uh, paid the price of the ticket and sat through a game you don't want to watch or paid the price to t- for the ticket and done something else fun. Uh, so there's a lot more about sunk costs and there's some that comes up sometimes, you know. Uh, then uh, another person's name on the board, uh, and I'm not sure the pronunciation, uh, Derek Parfi or Barfit, uh, 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 Derek Parfit or Derek Parfit uh, was a British philosopher uh, who specialized in personal identity, rationality, and ethics. Uh, one of the more influential moral philosophers of the 20 and 21st century. Uh, he's he's come up on this before. Personal identity. I think Chidi may have had one of his books. Reasons in persons uh, on what matters. Uh, let's see, his uh, ethics and rationality uh, kind of suggests that non-religious, non-religious ethics is a young and fertile field of inquiry. Uh, self-defeating, he discusses self-defeating moral theories, the self-interest theory of rationality, ethical frameworks, morality and morality and consequentialism. Uh, he's posited that self-interest has been dominant in Western culture for over two millennia, um, you know, mixing with the religious di- doctrine, which united uh, self-interest and morality. Uh, when self-interest is our supreme rational concern, uh, it instructs us to, you know, make our life go as well as possible. Uh, self-interest makes temporally neutral neutral requirements that be a rational act for ways uh, we know we would prefer later to undo. As an example, it would be irrational for 14-year-olds to listen to loud music or, uh, you know, do stuff they could get in trouble for if they knew it would detract from their future well-being and goals. Uh, uh, but it would be rational to commit any acts of self-denial or uh, things that negatively, it would be irrational to do that if it affects negatively our well-being. Uh, like, uh, so this is just the things he talks about, not necessarily his spouses. In his second book, uh, On What Matters, uh, argues for moral reasonism, insisting that moral questions have true and false answers. Uh, he also says, suggests that the three prominent views in moral philosophy, uh, Kantian, consequentialism, and contractualism, which they all talk about, uh, ultimately converge on the same answers. Uh, the affluent have strong moral obligations to the poor. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good uh, thing. It talks about personal identity. A lot, a lot of stuff for, for you to check out and read through and enjoy there. And then a link to an article about West Side Story. Uh, you could read more about West Side Story, the film, or the uh, the musical. I'll link to the musical. 
Uh, it's inspired by uh, William Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. It's set in the Upper West Side in New York in the 1950s. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's like uh, one of those great, uh, great, uh, musicals and, uh, well-beloved, uh, and then also film and has a dance battle that Vicky really likes. So think about, uh, Vicky dancing as you dance off into dreamland. Good night. All right, everybody, it's time to talk about Patty. I'm not talking about my dog from my youth, Patty the dog, which is spelled the same way, P-A-T-T-Y. Uh, just talking about the good episode, the good place episode, Patty, which was a good episode. It opened with a peaceful, the hot air balloon from the last episode. Really, I, I idealized night sky. Uh, everyone's there, whole soul squad. J, J and J are snuggled up. Uh, not super snuggled, but snuggled in a good way. Uh, we see a beauty. I mean, like there's clouds, there's sparkly stars, there's a full moon. Uh, they're finally headed to the good place. Uh, uh, the me of all places, Tahani says. Uh, are we going to the right place, Janet? Janet says, I'm, I don't, I'm sure we're going to the right place, but I've never been there. Because it feels like I'm on my way home. Then a flying puppy goes by, which has a cape and goggles. And then there's writing across the sky, uh, which says, Welcome, you are now entering. It's like in sparkly letters. uh, And then it goes to the the opening title card, The Good Place in Green, Chapter 51. Oh, boy. Is this a penultimate? I guess not, because that means 10. Is this, what do they say, like the episode before the last episode that has a word for it? Uh, then the balloon lands and we're at a modern, I don't know if they filmed this at the Getty, but it was Getty-esque, uh, very cool and modern, uh, welcome center, very, very holy landscaping. Uh, I feel like Dorothy, some of the dialogue, uh, uh, it, well, there's just a lot of good jokes. Tahani gets a lot of good jokes. Uh, Jason wants to race go-karts with monkeys, his lifelong dream. Uh, he explains why. Definitely worth watching the episode to find that out. Uh, and just the acting and body language as he's talking, like explaining it. I'm seeing it out of one of my eyes right now. Uh, then we see, let's see. Oh, maybe think of Chittenango Falls. We'll talk about that. Uh, there's a blue sign that says Janet's uh, sign in here. Janet says, Jesus, I mean me. Uh, yeah. And then she touches it. Uh, she even makes a not, not a girl, not a, she goes, I was born to do this, not born, uh, which I thought was funny. Uh, there's a like a rainbow. She puts her hand over her eyes and her rain, the panel, her hand and the eye, her eyes go rainbow. And she now has all the information about the good place in a nutshell. It slaps. Uh, but humans got to get adjusted. Jason's hoping to get some squigglies on his brain. Uh, let's see. Brain folds. Uh, uh, Eleanor fantasizes about some sunglasses and they appear. Uh, there's going to be a magical gala later. Uh, based on your personalities, like the targeted Instagram ad of parties. So oh, that's when the sunglasses come up. Uh, uh, Michael's a little stressed at first because he doesn't know if he belongs there. 
Yeah, uh, he says like I don't know what they're, you know what's gonna happen, uh, but he says you guys have fun. Uh, then there's a chuming chuming ch- ch- chime, a chiming chime, that's very soothing, like a brain being massaged by a baby deer. Uh, Michael's still worried. There's a lot of there's a good joke with a great callback with Jason and Michael. Oh no, it has two callbacks actually, but. Uh, Wait a minute. Uh, uh, oh, there's another chime. Uh, Instagram ad. Oh, gray suit. I really liked uh, Michael's. He has this nice gray suit with a blue shirt, this popping blue uh, plaid bow tie, purple blues, floral pocket square with the same colors. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. Holy cow. Oh, so he was afraid he was going to throw up butterflies. That was earlier. Oh, then also Jason's T-shirt and his whole uh, warm-up suit, blue sky warm-up suit. But uh, oh, then they go in uh, to the the lobby of the good place, and there's these ta- there's all these like it's like a welcome lobby or whatever, and there's tables with different stuff in there, kind of like fish candy bowls or fish bowls with like an off angle, so kind of like a fancier fish bowl. Uh, one is Smarties, but they have, with green wrappers. This is energy you had when you were 12, uh, used or not. Oh, then there's a thing of ring pops, but they're not wrapped. So I couldn't tell if they were used ring pops or not, or some of them might have looked. I, I couldn't tell. And they have a scooper, fully understanding the meaning of Twin Peaks. Uh, there's a listening station that Tahani goes to. Every nice thing anyone has ever said about you behind your back. Uh, which uh, Carly Cross, I guess, like Kloss, Carly, I don't know, likes uh, Tahani. I'm going to have to listen to uh, who, who Weekly to figure that one out. There's a photo booth, passport passport photos, but look good. There's like the company that runs its infinite something, but it's blurry. Eleanor goes in there. Jason smells some uh, tubes of paint or something that say hug from grandma. Um. Oh, uh, Chidi asks if, if some of his favorite philosophers are going to be there, but Janet's like, no, 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 they didn't like, weren't so great, but Hypatia of Alexandria will be here. So Chidi's totally pumped. Uh, like he cannot believe it. Uh, he's, he's, uh, overwhelmed. Uh, Chidi pumped like, I don't know. I can't. And then, uh. Then the Good Place crew shows up, the Good Place committee. They say, Michael, Michael, heroes, uh. You're more than welcome here. We have some more exciting news, uh, you know, the party. But, Michael, we're going to swear you in as official Good Place architect. You follow us. And uh, there's even more chimes, uh, more good Tahani jokes. And then Janice says, when you go through this rainbow portal, we'll go through, like, that's when the party will transform perfectly tailored to your essences. Uh, But they say, hey, let's walk through together then. And, uh, they walk into Jacksonville super suites, like, uh, like bar conference room type thing. And, uh, there's a Bortles, uh, like, uh, there's a rock cut out. I'm going to pause it when it comes up here. Bedpan from Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, that Eleanor remembers from Vince McMahon. Uh, there's the green doors in the background that, uh, if you go through those, you can visit any place real or imagined. 
Okay, they're going through the portal now. And they've walked in. And let's see. Oh, boy. I hit the wrong button there. So I got to wait for them to walk through again. Kind of like my handwriting. My button pushing is not that different. Uh, there's champagne and kegs, a lot of Jacksonville, Jaguars gear, uh, fancy tables and lawn furniture. Uh, people dressed in various uh, styles uh, to fit all of our main characters. And you think there's some book reading going on for Cheaty's sake? Oh, there are some bookshelves, beer pong, margaritas, Jacksonville super sweets. Uh, oh, mailmen. Male persons, uh, yeah, let's see what else here. I'm just watching in the background. Oh, there's a shrimp soda machine. I think that's what it is. And Jacksonville Super Suites kind of seems like the place, uh, where, oh, Jason says prom and traffic court. Uh, oh yeah. People are reading philosophy. Yeah. Some sort of shrimp soda machine. Eleanor's happy. Uh, Jason looks happy now. So then, uh, they say, oh, it's a perfect party, but it's based on everyone's combined. So it's a mishmash. And then that's when they say, oh, these green doors, you can go any place to real or imagine. Jason wants to go race the go-karts. But uh, they say, oh, you could dinosaurs or the Hamlet at the Globe or Tokyo Drift with monkeys. See you in a thousand years. Oh, there's also a dude in a rainbow sweater, which they said, is that kind of like Eleanor style? Good place. Oh, that's later in a second. Uh, Chidi's starting to worry about talking to uh, Hypatia because uh, he's so nervous. Uh, like then Eleanor tells Tahani, let's talk shade about everyone here later. This is great. Uh, then Michael goes, he's at with the Good Place team. There's this giant scroll. And they, they say, Michael, we got to put this ceremonial robe on you, which is, and they say, they're just so complimentary. They say, boy, do you have shoulders for a robe? Yeah, there's a big thumbs up medallion behind him. How are you, he's like, how am I going to sign this? Uh, so that's funny. They put a medal on him. He says he feels like Mary Lou Retton. And they say, now you're in charge. You're the boss now. He goes, what do you mean? And they go, oh, bye-bye. Uh, everything's no take backs. We'll see you later. And then they take off. Uh, that's when there's an ad break. Uh, then Michael starts looking around the more modern part of the headquarters, uh, looking for his fellow good place, good placement, it says. And here coming up in like a minute or so, there's like a sign that says uh, ideas for the good place. I'll pause it there. Uh, ideas for improvement. Uh, then it uh, it's Lisa Kudrow. Chidi eventually meets Hypatia, who says, you can call me Patty. He's totally, his mind blown. He's stumbling over his words. Uh, it turns out he had a poster of the Matrix on his wall when he was from uh, with Trinity from the Matrix when he was a kid. Uh, Stardust, uh, oh, she, she says, let's get some Stardust milkshakes. Uh, isn't that a good idea? Uh, they're delicious. Uh, yeah, she'd even asked the correction of, oh, is it Hypatia? Hypatia? Like, uh, he says there's different names. She's, that's when she says, just call me pa pa Patty. Oh, I pictured you as Trinity from the Matrix. And, yeah, Chidi can't even believe, because then he talks about plotness, uh, 
And that's when you realize she, she goes, Jesus, like, uh, who's, who's plotting this? Is he a think book man or a read book man? And she says, sorry, uh, my brain's a bit foggy. Uh, that's why I don't like, uh, like, uh, that's why I'm not following you. And then she says, wait a second. I forgot to tell you, uh, we're, we're, things aren't going good. Uh, and then there's a, a cut, but I'm going to cut back right now to Michael wandering. Uh, right now in the real replay, everybody's taking off. Uh, Michael's still looking at his robe. Now he's walking the halls. Hello, good placeman. Hello. Now he goes into this office. It's a big mess. It says ideas for proving the good place. Uh, there's like so many scraps of paper, like they've been brainstorming for years. Uh, music you could eat. Get more chocolate and chocolate. More hoverboards. Let me see. They go to a Zoom because I can't read the rest of it. Michael's reading it. I'll wait until Beyonce gets here and ask her to fix it. Fewer ho- hoverboards so somehow. Uh, giant mini donuts, not just regular donuts. Uh, Dave will explain. And then there's a last one that's kind of, uh, I wonder if we zoom in, what would happen? Well, I zoomed in. Uh, there's one that's been um, wiped clean that uh, isn't there. Okay, then we cut. So the cut happens, and then uh, Tahani's talking to a plot of ball uh, who has a Jason. Uh, a jumpsuit, a jumpsuit from Jason's dance crew, DDR, or whatever. I, I had to look up the name, and I forgot it, but I got it for the research later. Uh, she says, what's your deal? He goes, well, I helped the poor in ancient Phoenicia. And she goes, oh, I had a soul, soul, soul cycle instructor named Phoenicia. Guy talks about how he's, he's kind of tuned out, though. He has a lot of good jokes, so he's a bit like, like a duller version of me. Uh, just because of the situation. Uh, also, Janet talks to a g- another good Janet who kind of just is filling people's random wishes, uh, which doesn't seem very, uh, like everybody's at, can I get a, a Coke, water, lamp, a cat? No, just a Coke. Uh, and they see people just ask you for stuff and you get it. And she goes, yeah, isn't that great? Uh, spaceship, giant, junior, mint, co- no, Coke. Uh, then, uh, uh, Eleanor, Chidi, and Patty are outside drinking their milkshakes, uh, and she's like, that's what I do, uh, drink milkshakes and, uh, do other stuff worth watching, uh, and they said, weren't you going to tell us that everything's a bit in trouble? She goes, oh yeah, I forgot, uh, she goes, on paper, paradise, uh, but once all your desires and needs are meant in an infinite way, and everything's perfect, perfect, you go, you get mushy and glassy-eyed, and they go, they can't believe it. Uh, and she goes, I used to be cool and know stuff, uh, art, music, and number number piles. Uh, and they like, when I say two or six, and she goes, math. Uh, but she goes, when time's stretched out and every second's amazing, uh, you kind of, uh, you just, it doesn't. And they say, so you're just, we're just going to be glassy-eyed for all of existence eventually. And then they say, well, why don't you tell anybody? She goes, what do we tell? And then they go, okay, we got to find everybody. She also has a Bortles jersey on. So she goes, oh, there's math on my shirt. Uh, but her jersey's Hypatia, number five, actually. I don't know if Bortles is five or uh, 
whoever took over for Bortles this year. I can't remember. Nick Folk or whatever. I don't know. Uh, so then everybody's trying to find one another. Tahani, Eleanor, Chidi, the caviar, jello shots we hear about. Uh, no one, every, first people here, no one cares. Even the Jan, good Janets are weird. Uh, then everybody meets up. They say, this good place is not good. Everyone's a happiness uh, zoned outer. And no one's doing anything because, uh, you know, by the time they realize something's happening, they're gone. Uh, Patty's offering milkshakes. They go, we got to find the committee. Michael shows up. He says, I'm the committee. At some point, Patty was double fisted with milkshakes. I think that's when Michael shows up. Eleanor has a Hufflepuff joke and a sorting hat Hufflepuff joke. Because uh, Michael says, a good, they put me in charge and then they ran away. Uh, and they go, wait, we can't believe this. Uh, and, and, uh, some people are enjoying themselves. Jason comes back in a driving suit. And he has high energy. It goes to an ad, though, because he goes, that dream was not, got boring fast. Because uh, he was like, well, monkeys is only fun for so long. And then you try out hippos or other beings, 50 combos. Uh, but then I missed my friends. Uh, then we get another nutshell. I didn't realize it happened twice. Okay, that's it in a nutshell. When you can do anything and you do everything, uh, then you're done. You still have infinity to go. Uh, till only, all you have left is uh, milkshakes. So why didn't the good place try to help? And they go, they did. Uh, then they're back. Uh, oh, wait, there's an important thing at 15 minutes. Uh, then they're back at the office trying to go through everything. They go, geez, they tried to make unicorns bigger, give them horns, do a bunch of stuff, but they were fluffy rhinos. Uh, but the committee members aren't human. And then as soon as we showed up, they took off. Uh, and then uh, once again, Eleanor, you, you know, you say, whose show is this? Eleanor says, you know what? I'm not giving up. Once again, we can count on Eleanor. Uh, I'm not going to give up. Uh, she has some jokes. We designed this system uh, where people are in paradise, but this joyless uh, cosmic Coachella uh, then they said, what about a memory reset? They say, no, that's like a not, uh, we can't use the same playbook as in the ungood place. And Eleanor thinks of solutions. She says, she's, you know, what gives life meaning is, uh, big farm, you know, the big farm or whatever is beyond the big farm. Uh, and, uh, so what if we do that, uh, uh, the best way to restore meaning is to let people leave the good place when they so choose. Uh, they go, can we do that? And Eleanor says, you, you're in good charge of the good place. You can do whatever you want. Uh, then there's the party and Michael's missing. And he shows up very silly, silly says, cool, my babies. Uh, so I don't know if that was, uh, like, uh, if that was, uh, him, my, my brother, my brother, me shout out or not. Uh, and Jason and Michael cracking up, talking about Taco Bell. Uh, Eleanor makes a speech. Uh, she says, okay, everyone, uh, let me get your attention. I'm Eleanor Shellstrap. I uh, hope you're having fun at this Florizona British Library extravaganza. Uh, but I guess it's not fun anymore, which is kind of the point. Uh, you're on a never-ending vacation. Only thing that makes a vacation special is that they end. 
also there's glass or ice swan. Uh, she goes, so we have an idea. We're going to have a new door. And when you're finished with the good place, you just, you're satisfied. Go through that door and your time in the universe will end. And she goes, you don't have to, if you don't want to, but you can. And hopefully knowing that you don't have to be here forever will help you feel happier while you are. And they just say, well, what will happen if you go through it? And she says, well, we don't know. Uh, but it'll be peaceful and your journey will be over. You know, you led good lives. Uh, you deserve your place here. So stay as long as you like. Use the green doors to do everything. And then when you're ready, walk through one last door and be at peace. Does that sound good? And everyone's happy. There's also, I paused it to, to see the crowd here during Eleanor's speech. Um, yeah, it might be worth it. You know, there's a lot of different styles. Uh, so, I don't know. I was just trying, I wanted to see what it would be. Uh, let's see. Does that sound good? Then there's a party. Go, then they go to a party. Jason, DJ music is DJ and make some noise. Uh, Janet's like, that's my boyfriend. Uh, Patty's like, okay, eventually I'm going to get back to normal. She uses, this was a groundbreaking for me. I never knew how to spell ennui or what ennui spelled was, was my whole life, whatever, uh, E-N-N-U-I. Uh, so that's a big, big learning moment for me. Uh, so she says, I'll be back. It's lucky we ran into you. And she says, no, no, lucky we ran into you. You saved us. And she goes, no, no, your friendship is what saved you. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't get that. Uh, and uh, so they say, okay, let's do it. Uh, then we go to the old neighborhood uh, with all the Soul Squad. Michael's like, I got my office nearby. Uh, we see Tahani's like a uh, castle of whatever those things are called, pillars. I think we saw Eleanor's spot. He goes, Jason, I took a wild guess. A stupid Nick's wing dump. Uh, Jason's like, I'm never going to get sick of wings, uh, even if it's boring. And then they're like, you know what, Michael? You were right. Uh, uh, everything is fine, Eleanor says. Uh, and you say, okay, but there's still one more episode left. So it's like, uh, and I have not seen it. I will watch it, uh, probably tonight. Been waiting. And let's see. So, uh, then we have one last shot of Eleanor and Chidi. They're, I think they're out back at Eleanor's place. It has this amazing view. It's sunrise or sunset. A totally romantic moment, uh, snuggled up. This is what we've been looking for since the day we met. Uh, this is what the good place is. Uh, it's not even a place, really. It's just having enough time with the people you love. Uh, you're right, and we have as long as we want. And then there's like this couple's moment over the blankets. And it's a really genuine, sweet moment, and the episode comes to a close. Uh, so now we're going to run through like what, uh, facts. Let's see here. Well, I looked up a lot of stuff for this one. Uh, let's see. Let's start with the J Paul Getty museum. You think this has come up on the show? Also, it came up because I had an amends to make from when I was in like uh, middle school or freshman in high school, uh, to my mom's aunt because we went to visit her in Washington, DC. 
and she took us to a restaurant called Jay Paul's and I got into our, she said, this is after Jay Paul, this is Jay Paul Getty's restaurant or named after Jay Paul Getty. And I thought it was named after like, because I was playing like this uh, computer game based on uh, like uh, all the great uh, armadas of history. And I don't know who was it, Jay Paul, John Paul Jones or something. I don't know. I was arguing with her. Even though she lived there and took us to the restaurant, I was like, are you sure this isn't jump? I was like explaining her. So a little bit embarrassed. But the J. Paul Getty Museum, known as the Getty, if you've been through L.A., you've seen it on the hill. I mean, there's two campuses, uh, but uh, the Getty Center, uh, like uh, that's a primary museum. It's in uh, L.A. on a hill bu- like above the 405. Uh, very modern uh, it's in video games too, so you may have even seen it. Uh, in '74, J. Paul Getty opened a museum in recreation of the villa, uh, villa, the Villa Museum in Malibu, and uh, it inherited a lot of money. Uh, let's see, and then yeah, there's a lot on uh, not all good either, but there's a lot on. Uh, and it doesn't really talk. Oh, I guess maybe because I got to go to the Getty Center. That's what uh, I'm talking about. 1.3 billion center opened in 1997. I remember when it was getting built. I lived in LA. Maybe I was even there. Oh, it's, I lived there when it opened. That's interesting. I don't know if I w- went there when it opened. Maybe. I guess I think I did it, it, over that year. Uh. It sits atop of here. It's got a cable pulled, a hover train, people mover, uh, 1.8 million visitors annually. Uh, so, I don't know. I just wanted to look it up, you know, a little bit about it. How about Dorothy Gale? Uh, she's from Mel Frank Baum's uh, main protagonist in the Oz novels, which I've never read one, including the 1900 Wizard, Wizard, Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Uh, Here's in most of the uh, sequels and adaptations, including the film The Wizard of Oz. Uh, and later novels, she'll be like, uh, lives, you know, lives there uh, uh, as, you know, resident. I'm just trying to figure out what else we could learn about Dorothy Gale. Um, let's see. Maybe we should let's just look up the Wizard of Oz uh, film. Oh, Dorothy, uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Dorothy Dwan uh, played Dorothy in the 1925 film. Uh, then uh, in the 1939 film, she was played by Julie Gar- Gar- Judy Garland. My, uh, my, my speaking inability is... Uh, that was the film The Wizard of Oz. Let's see, The Wizard of Oz, what year did that come out? Oh, 1939. Made uh, Its budget was $2.8 million and it made $26 million in box office. I, mean, I don't know if that was just at the time. A very famous movie. Production began when Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs showed that uh, these kind of films could be successful. Uh, so, yeah, let's see what else we got here. Uh, had I mean, a lot of music, obviously, uh, like a timeless part of, uh, history, a lot of good remakes. 
it did receive much uh, uh, acclaim upon release, uh, including uh, Judy Garland's performance. Rod, Roger Ebert called it one of the great films. Uh, comedy, music, special effects, and uh, excitement, and a great story that uh, you know penetrates the deepest feelings of childhood and then reassures them. Uh, yeah, like it's influenced a lot of people. Let's see. I'm just trying to figure out what else would be interesting to talk. I guess that's it. I want to talk about uh, Chittenango because I think that's where Al Frank Baum was from. And when I lived there, they would always say, oh, one day they're going to open a Wizard of Oz theme park in Chittenango, New York. Uh, that's C-H-I-T-T-E-N-A-N-G-O. Uh, and I don't think they ever did, and I probably they won't just because... Uh, I don't know if there's just the best place for a theme park, like, I don't know. But they do have Chittenango Falls State Park, which I've been to. And if you're around, you should check it out. It's uh, on the east side of Casanova Lake, Madison County, New York, 167-foot waterfall that cascades over 400-million-year-old bedrock. This is all from Wikipedia, everything so far. Uh, at the bottom is Chittenango Creek. It falls, full, flows underneath a wooden bridge. There's picnic tables, uh, hiking. Uh, about uh, 45,000 people go each year. It used to have a campground. It doesn't anymore. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, open year-round, but the falls hike is not open in the winter. Uh, so definitely, if you're in, in New York State, uh, right in the central hub of New York State, uh, you should think about checking it out, Chittenango Falls. Uh, uh, I mean, I should try to do it the next time I'm in town. Uh, uh, Jason talked about his brain folds and his smooth brain. And I think he's had a smooth brain joke before because I can hear him saying smooth brain. Or someone saying it, but gyrification, gyrification, G-Y-R-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N, is a prom, pro, process of forming the characteristic folds of the cerebral cortex. Uh, the peak of the fold is a gyrus, uh, or gyri, and the trow is known as a sul, sulcus, a sulcus. Uh, the neurons rely in uh, the cerebral cortex in a thin layer of gray matter on the surface of the brain. Much of the interior volume's got uh, uh, white matter. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff. But I just was like, what are the, um, you know, what is it? Uh, why And why? They say, well, it increases the speed of brain cell communication. Uh, since the folds allow the cells to be closer to one another, requiring less time and energy to transmit neuronal electrical impulses. Uh, so, you know, that's that's good to know. Uh, there's c theories on causality, uh, mechanical factors. Uh, there's a, a lot about it. I just thought it was interesting. I said, well, what is that called? Let me look that up. Uh, then let's move on to Smarties here on Wikipedia. Now, in the U.S., Smarties are candy produced by Smarties Candy Company, uh, formerly CD Candy, that's C-E-D-E Candy, Inc. Uh, they were originally produced in factories in Union Township, New Jersey, and Newmarket, Ontario. 
Uh, but in Canada, they were known as Rockets because Nestle has a different type of candy in the UK uh, called Smarties. Uh, the New Jersey factory produces 1 billion rolls of Smarties annually. And in total, the company produces 2.5 billion a year. Now, here's where it gets good. One individual candy is a biconcave disc in shape uh, with a diameter of roughly one centimeter and a height of four millimeters. Uh, they come in combinations within the wrapped rolls. These include white and pastel shapes of yellow, pink, orange, purple, and green. Each color's flavor is different. Usually there's 15 candies in a roll. Uh, they're peanut-free, gluten-free, fat-free, and dairy-free. And uh, free of animal products and suitable for vegans, according to Wikipedia. After World War II, the D family bought pellet machines. The, these pellet machines repurposed them to make candy. Uh, then, uh, the, yeah, they just had a history of trying it out. They even had one with Rock the Vote in 2004 rapper. Uh, they released a theater box in 2009 with a retro look. Uh, change, they changed their name to Smarties Candy Company in 2011. In 2011, they also confirmed that they're vegan. Uh, their factories operate 24 hours a day, five days a week. That's uh, making 70,000 pounds of candy a day. Uh, the, yeah, they contain dextrose, citric acid, calcium, st- stearate, and natural flavors, artificial flavors, and colors. And let's just see if we link over there to Nestle Smarties just to get a... Now, Nestle Smarties are color-varied, sugar-coated, chocolate confectionery manufactured since 1937 in the U.K., I love this. Oblate spheroids. Talk about how do you learn your uh, geometry? Candy and Wikipedia is one way. Uh, they come in eight colors, red, orange, yellow, blue, green, mauve, mauve. How do you say that? And pink and brown. Uh, and, you know, they've changed it out depending on the, the colors uh, and the, the coloring. And... I think that's it. Round Trees of York is the ones that are making chocolate beans since 1882. I don't know if I've had a Smarty, a chocolate Smarty, but they look a bit like another uh, candy-coated chocolate here in the U.S., but I don't know if they taste any different or not. And, of course, you know, Wikipedia, or I mean, uh, Good Place does its research. I do my research on Wikipedia, but uh, Good Place does it deep. But Hypatia of Alexandra was a Hellenistic a Neoplatonist, a philosopher, astronomer, and mathematician uh, at the Neoplatonic School in Alexandria. She taught philosophy and astronomy. Uh, she was the first female mathematician whose life was reasonably well recorded. Great teacher, wise counselor. Uh, she wrote a commentary on the dial fat and fat Fontanus's uh, 13-volume Arithmetica. Uh, it was also reintegrated into the text. Uh, that's how some of it survived. Uh, uh, many modern scholars believe that Hypatia edited the surviving text of Ptolemy's Algamist. Uh, uh, she was known to construct astrolabs and hydrometers, but did not invent them, but probably improved upon them. Uh, she was known for her tolerance, even though she was a pagan, she, she was tolerant towards Christians and other, and, and any kind of students she had. 
And there's a, a lot on here on Wikipedia. So if you say, man, I want to know more about Hypatia or Hepati, uh, you should check it out. Her whole history, a lot of paintings of her, you know, and uh, her trip to good places even uh, talked in there. Now, let's say you did want to go rent it. You, you said, I want to create a Jacksonville Super Suites experience. Uh, um, of course, this thing is trying to, I don't want to book now. It's trying to tell me to book now. I just want to look up some options. Uh, but this thing is, you know, uh, well, let's just ch- say, let's check in here. Check out there. Okay, so here. So here's our options here. There's uh, the Holiday Inn Express and Suites at Jacksonville Airport right now. It's looking at like a 149. Looks like it has breakfast and uh, this is on uh, what is this TripAdvisor 149. I mean that's just today only though. Uh, four out of five dots. Uh, 485 reviews. So the breakfast included, it looks indoor pool. It looks like comfort suites near Bay Meadows, Bay Meadows near Butler Boulevard. That has four and a half circles. It looks like it's 157 breakfast also included. Uh, then there's a Hyatt place uh, uh, near Jacksonville Airport. That's 171. That's, I stay at those. That's uh, like one of my preferred discount hotels. So just in case, uh, I mean, if you say, where, Scoot, where would Scoots prefer? High, high place. Uh, uh, but that has a, those are kind of, kind of sweet-esque. I don't think they have, like, anything to cook with. Well, I guess that doesn't make it sweet, but it has a place to sit and then a bed. Uh, then there's Comfort Suites Airport. That's down to 121. Oh, that has four dots. Uh, high place has four dots. But the high place has 1,100 reviews. Everything else is in the couple hundreds. Uh, Double Tree Hilton is uh, 439. Uh, that's at the airport, uh, four uh, dots out of five. Uh, Hilton Garden Inn, that has four and a half stars, 722 reviews, 274. Holiday Inn Express and Suites at uh, Town Center is 221. That has four, f- four stars, but it's only 23 reviews. Uh, Hampton Inn and Suites, four and a half. Uh, Jacksonville South uh, at Bartram Park. That's 214, 904 reviews. Uh, then we're back at the Holiday Inn Express. So those are just some options there. If you're thinking about a trip to, uh, if you say, I want to recreate that, probably you shouldn't do it at one of those places if you're paying. But, you know, I just want to give you the choice. How about Mary Lou Retton? A uh, retired American gymnast uh, boycotted the 1984 Olympics. Oh, no, I had to boycott in the 84 Olympics. She won a gold medal, two silver medals, and two bronze. Her, point, her, her performance made her one of the most popular athletes in the U.S. Uh, her gold medal was historic because she won the first ever all-around gold medal at the Olympics for an American. Uh, originally from Fairmont, West Virginia. Uh, let's see here. Uh, gymnastics career. Uh, she was inspired uh, by watching uh, Nadia Comaneci at the 1976 uh, Summer Olympics. And she took it up, took it seriously, uh, moved to Houston, Texas. 
uh, and worked your way up post uh, career. Uh, she's uh, been famous for endorsing stuff. Uh, famous for uh, she, she was in uh, wasn't she, she? Mary Lou Retton was in uh, Scrooge, right? And uh, Naked Gun, Thirty Three and a Third. So I mean, that's definitely. He said that that was like a great thing. Let's see. Also on uh, TV, Knots Landing. Wow, Baywatch, uh, Glee, uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, Super Bowl commercial for Radio Shack, Dancing with the Stars. And uh, she, uh, like, uh, patented a move called the Retin Flip, uh, which consisted of a transition front flip from the high, low to high bar, resulting in the gymnast Birchter sitting on top of the high bar. Uh, this and many others were removed from gymnastics, uh, uh, so, but, uh, you know, so Mary Lou Retton mentioned on the episode and, uh, beloved, right? Uh, what else do we got here? Let's look up. Oh, let's find out Jason's dance crew really quick. Uh, uh, Jason Mendoza, successful DJ. This is over on the good place fandom.com. Uh, D amateur EDM GJ. Let's see where it says his name of his dance crew. Um, let's see, Jason, season two, season three. It's got to be what was that, season one or season three? That he, uh, let's see, Jason, they call him childlike, uh, Gianu. DJ Acid Cat, Mr. Music, DJ Music. Uh, let's see. To reboot Jason. I thought it was like in season three that he had to go back uh, and do everything. I don't know. I guess I can't. I guess I didn't manage to figure out the name of Jason's dance crew. Uh, what about Hufflepuff? This is over at HarryPotter.fandom.com. And learn a little bit about Hufflepuff here. Uh, Hufflepuff is one of four houses of Hogwarts a school. Uh, founder was Helga Hufflepuff. Uh, seeing most inclusive, uh, hard work, dedication, patience, loyalty, fair play, rather than a particular particular aptitude. Emblematic animals: the badger, yellow and black are its colors. Uh, head of Hufflepuff is Pomona Sprout, and the Fat Friar is the house's uh, big farm buddy. Respo- corresponds to the element of earth. Uh, that's where its colors come from. Uh, wheat and soil. Uh, the Hufflepuff Point Hourglass contains yellow diamonds. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, students uh, s- uh, sorted in Hufflepuff are like uh, good at herbology. Uh, hardworking, we got that part friendly. Inclusive, uh, strong moral code, right and wrong, accepting of everyone. Uh, also, the funniest to say, Hufflepuff is definitely the best sounding. You know, what are the other, like, uh, Raven's Claw, uh, whatever this is, Slytherin. That sounds like something you do. What have you been doing? I've been Slytherin. Who are you? I'm a Hufflepuff. Raven's Claw sounds like you're actually, like a Hufflepuff is like where Raven's Claw, you'd say, are you really Raven's Claw? And then the main one, you know, I definitely wouldn't get into that one. So whatever Harry Potter was in, 
I'm not even being passive aggressive. I don't know the name of it. I'll look it up. Even yeah, because I guess I have something like it's like well, no, I wouldn't be in that school. So uh, I don't know what's the name. The houses, the four houses. Let's see, the Hogwarts houses are. I should know this off the top of my head. Gryffindor, of course. Uh, so, and if you're asking, like, I always thought I was a Slytherin, but then I took all the tests and I'm Ravenclaw. So, you know, that's who Scoots is, Scoots is, is a Ravenclaw. What about the phrase in a nutshell? This is from phrases.org.uk, the phrase finder. And we'll finish up with this. What's the meaning of in a nutshell? Well, in a few words concisely stated, but what's the origin of the phrase? Uh, and they say it's fairly easy to reduce. Anything that could be written in so few words that would fit in a nutshell would have to be brief and to the point. Uh, the first text that was supposed to be enclosed in a nutshell was far from small. Pliny the Elder recorded an event he believed to be genuine in natural history, which was written in A.D. 77, translated in 1601. Like Cicero has recorded that the poem of Homer called the Iliad was written on parchment and enclosed in a nutshell. Uh, the same writer, though, mentioned one of one who could see a distance of 135 miles. Uh, so, the, I don't know, there's a lot more about it. If you say, well, geez, I really want to know about more about uh, in a nutshell. Oh, and then actually, finally, like, uh, we'll do one more thing, just because those of you that might be taking the SAT or anything, or you want to knew this, this was something I learned. Ennui is spelled E-N-N-U-I, the French ennui. And I knew this was a sight word for me, so I knew E-N-N-U-I. I never knew how to say it, but I knew what it meant, but I didn't realize that was also ennui. Uh, so E-N-N-U-I, the next time you see it, it doesn't have to just be a sight word for you. You could say, oh, that's ennui. Or the next time you say, hear someone say ennui, you could picture E-N-N-U-I. And ennui is that weariness, uh, according to dictionary.com, the feeling of utter weariness and discontent resulting from lack of satiety or interest or boredom. Uh, and it's a noun, ennui. So, uh. You know, I hope this podcast is a little bit different than Ennui, like a, like a kind of boredom and distraction and lack of interest that leaves you full and rested. Uh, good night. All right, everybody, Scoots here, and this is it, the final. It's not our final episode of The Good Place because we still have to do uh, season two, uh, but it is the uh, series. This is our coverage of the series, series and season four finale. Uh, of the good place, a uh, good place, uh, season four, episode 13, whenever you're ready. And I got all my coverage here. We'll see if I could do this in one episode. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, it opens with Michael, uh, on a, like a, with a reel to reel recorder attempt 803 of the new project. Uh, and he's recording some music, uh, riding on a gooey, groovy way, wave of love. I'm going for a cosmic ride. Surf the freaky purple vibes of love. The marshmallow cat is inside. So definitely 60s, 70s folk uh, storytelling, purple dragon groove. But then Michael says, what am I even talking about? Uh, and he's kind of not happy with how the songwriting's going. Also, he has a, like a... We see pictures on the wall. Jason and the rest of the Soul Squad are on the wall where originally it was just dug for set. 
he has no tie on. Uh, probably other things. Oh, I saw some pause it there uh, to see what else is on. Well, it's just a soul squat and a couple books. No tie, pocket square, spiral notebook, and pen. He's trying to figure or Janet. He's trying to figure out the E chord. Uh, let's see. Trying to figure out the E chord. Uh, cool. Let's see. Janet shows up. She says, I could make it, you know, self-playing guitar. That's what, uh, some people want. And he's like, I want to do stuff without afterlife magic, but you know, n- you never know. Then she says, we got to go. Uh, and he says, cool. Uh, or I think he says, he says, okay. And there's a Jeremy Baramy clock. It kind of has, it's like a little bit like a small world after all. It's a funky mechanical clock. It looks like it has some uh, buildings and some, what are those things called? Ferris wheels. Uh, Michael says, where does the time go? And then they go, him and Janet go through the green door. Uh, let's see. And uh, I think Michael was say you've been singing a little bit. Then they go, Chidi's teaching, uh, what does it say? Oh, wait, let's wait. Well, the problem is I have, I mean, like, this episode was not available. Uh, so my pausing is going to be a little bit uh, different this time. Uh, but Chidi's teaching afterlife ethics. Uh, Professor May, I think that's Todd May. Uh, oh, yeah, Todd May, who's like, uh, his book probably came up in another thing. Uh, let's see. Let me pause it. There's so many things going on here. Jeremy Barry like where's the time go? Green door to class. Cheedy. Oh, I was trying to map out how many people were in Cheedy's class. Jason's there. Uh, then there's three people kind of like uh, behind Jason to one side. Then there's a couch with Eleanor, Tahani, and another teacher. Uh, then there's a chair with someone in it. Uh, then there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine or so people in the background taking this class. Oh, and Chidi's teaching Afterlife, Afterlife Ethics 101. Uh, Todd May's book, uh, Big Farm, is on the big board. And it's definitely worth pausing. Let me see. I can't pause because I like usually I use the this NBC like just didn't make this episode available, and they have like a really good app uh, for pausing and stuff. But I'm watching this just on my regular DVR uh, thing, Majig. But yeah, there's other things on there about Big Farm and Thomas Nagel and other on the chalkboard, uh, and they're debating stuff. Uh, uh, I think Eleanor tells Todd made a check himself. Uh, oh yeah, one forty-one chalkboard. Then they talk about the trolley professor. Yeah, she says, "Check yourself, Rando." He says, "Oh, it's my book." Uh, and Chidi does tell him to check himself anyway, kind of. Uh, uh, professor, Professor Hiro Hironomi, Hironomi will be teaching the trolley problem. Uh, there's some jokes about that. Uh, uh, then um, Michael says, Chidi, ready to roll, buddy? Uh, he does. I don't think he says buddy, but then they go. They're in the Dorman Hub. There's a sign, that I think, that says Dorman Hub. They go through the green door. Oh, Bernard Williams is also on the chalkboard. Uh, Borges uh, and uh, Chang Su, it looks like. Uh, 
uh, I don't know, I can't, because I can't pause it. Uh, um, but yeah, they go through, they're in the bridge world, Dorman hub, busy, it's busy there. There's a cool sign over the door hub. At first there was an overhead shot, a shot. Uh, this is Jeff. I thought there was 35 frogs, uh, but it ends up he has 322 and then 323. Cause there's lots of frog stuff. But then there's also a sign for, uh, frog parking only. There's also a built-in sign for an IHOP, uh, 25 at least on the left. Oh, 25 frogs at least on the left side of his desk uh, that I could count. Then there's a joint council meeting. Uh, let's see what happens there. Talking about the leftovers, uh, update, new humans coming in, Zora Neale Hurston, Roberto Clemente, Thomas Aquinas, uh, where's the beef lady? Uh, let's see. Joint council meeting, good place. Uh, compl- compliment. Oh, the the guy that compliments Michael on the robes in the previous episode was there. Uh, lots of pens and pads on the table. They have kind of blue reports or folders they're working out of. Uh, and then Sean. Well, I don't know if I'm correct. Sean says ever, 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 ever. Uh, I counted ten, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. 26 times. Uh, let's see, like uh, these transcripts I have. Uh, well, if you count never, let's just count the ever. So, one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. They have. Okay, let me see the uh, closed captioning. Come on, admit it, Sean. Okay, now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. But that might have been like I don't know. That might have been off. Uh, then the episode opens. The final chapter. The final chapter is called. Then two thousand two hundred forty-two. Jeremy Baramis later. Uh, we catch up with uh, Jay and Jay, Jason and Janet in bed. Uh, Jason, the striped uh, duvet and pillowcases. Janet's in purple PJs. Uh, Jason's got a tank top on. Uh, it looks like they had a glass terrarium on their nightstand. Wing buckets on the headboard. Jason says, "I gotta go." He's trying to break. Uh, he's trying to. Uh, 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 outscore his dad at first. That's what I thought. He said, I got to go beat my dad in uh, football. Uh, but I think it was meet my dad because he's trying to play the perfect game of uh, Madden, which he does successfully. Uh, his dad cheers him on in a really loving way. After 433,000 tries, he did it. A perfect game of Madden. And he says, oh, that's my boy. Holy cow, that's my boy. And Jason's happy. He says, I did it. I can't believe I did it. Uh, they were at the Jag, Jab Sections, well, Jaguar Stadium, it looked like. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, there's like stats and everything. Uh, stadium goes wild. Then to zoom on Jason, he's setting up dinner. Uh, for him and Janet, he's got acid washed jean shorts on and kind of like a camo sweatshirt tee. 
uh, candles, two kinds of glasses, Janet's face during the scene. Again, this is like, a, you know, like the acting is just so high level. Uh, so if you watch Janet's face, his things sink in as, and she says, oh, dip. And he says, yeah, uh, time to go. They go to the Old Town Big Square, and Jason says, big news, everybody. And Jason's so chill. Michael's sad. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, first, you know, everybody, like, everybody's a little stunned. And Janice says, you know, we're going to have a party, eat, drink, and dancing. And, and, and you know, my, J- Jason says, it's okay to be sad. Uh, he goes, this is the same look my teachers had on their faces. Uh, and he goes, let's be happy. Well, I'm going to play DJ, EDM music. It's going to be great. And then they go to the party. And DDR is playing, which is Dance Dance Resolution, right? Or Revolution. I think Dance Dance Resolution. I tried to look it up last week and I forgot. Uh, Doug Forsett is there as his picture version from the 70s or whatever. Not the Doug Forsett we had met. Uh, and he loves uh, chicken wings. Doug Forsett does. There's also there's a lot of onion rings, solo cups. So he's in his original young body. Uh, let's see, Michael and Janet kind of talk about their feelings and making sure to see how Janet feels. Uh, but Janet says, geez, I know this is the right time, right? It's the right time for him to go. Uh, PB and J, and that's it. Oh, that's like one of the restaurants we see. Oh, DJ Music, Dance Crew. There's like, It looks like Jason's Dance Crew is like about 16 people. And Jason, Doug's very happy. Uh, the Soul Squad's minds are blown watching Jason dance and his crew. And they do have great moves. Uh, uh, so their minds are, should have been blown. Uh, they put Jason up on his shoulders. He says, geez, that was special. Uh, I'll never, he says, I'll never forget tonight until I, you know, I dissolve into the universe. And she says, geez, how, how did you know? Uh, like, how, how do you know uh, it's the right time? I don't know if Eleanor was there, too. Eleanor has, like, oh, cheating Eleanor are snuggled on the couch, yeah. And they have, uh, Eleanor does have kind of a semi-rainbow coat on, or rainbow sweater, long sleeve tee. And what else? Uh I don't think it's a full Roy G. Biv rainbow, but he says, he said, I don't know. It's not like I heard a bell. I just had this calm feeling in me. Like the air inside my lungs was the same as the air outside my body. Peaceful. Like when you have a perfect jalapeno popper. Uh, then he says, what about Janice? Janet forgetting me? He goes, I don't mind if she falls in love, particularly if it's Jason Momoa or Laura Croft to Tomb Raider. Uh, but, uh, they say he makes her necklace. They say, don't worry, she's not going to forget about you. Even if she could, she would never do that. Uh, uh, then, let's see. Yeah, so that that was a great scene. Uh, perfect games. Oh, no, that's back. Sorry, going backwards order here. Uh, then, is this what's next? Oh, no. I'm missing some notes here, I think. Uh, I guess, well, I just didn't write down, like, uh, they have, like, uh, Donkey Dog makes a speech about Jason saying, 
you know, I'm going to meet miss you. And he was as much a dad for me as I was a dad to him. So he says, uh, thanks for being a great dad, son. Uh, then Eugene Cordero from the Mandalorian, uh, is there as Pillboy. And he says, geez, Jason, he makes a bunch of good jokes. Also talks about how much he cares about Jason. Uh, then Jason and Janet go out to the, this is the first time we see how you transfer over. It's like this peaceful forest scene with this little, um, uh, archway with made of trees and branches. And they're holding each other's hands. So she says, geez, you could sit here for a minute. Uh, uh, you can sit on the bench as long as you want. And then when you're ready to go through, he says, Jason, Jane, I love you. She goes, I love you too. And he says, I made you something, but I can't find it. I don't know if a squirrel, you know, so when you're married to Aquaman, it was a magical squirrel probably took it. And she goes, well, I'm never going to get you. And she goes, as a matter of fact, like, uh, you'll never even be gone. Cause she goes, I don't experience time the way you do. I love all times at once. And Jason talks about, <laughs> it was like just funny Jason stuff. Uh, and, uh, she, he goes, can you just remember the good stuff? And she goes, it was all good, man. Uh, it was all good. And then uh, Janet walks off and Jason sits down and then there's an ad. I believe. Then the next scene is 360, 323.6 Jeremy Baramis later. And Ron Swanson's teaching Tahani about furniture design. She has overalls on. He says, I have nothing left to teach you. And I'll try to pause it here or rewind it or something so I can go through her to-do list. Uh, uh, and then uh, so I think Janet comes. She goes, that thing happened. Uh, and then they go to Camilla. So I thought it was that Camilla arrived, but it's really her mother and father. Uh, so then uh, uh, her and Camilla, we'll, we'll get to that part. Because uh, she says, geez, I never even had lunch with mom and dad. Uh, you know, I've only sat in the same room as them as, as them eating lunch. Uh, and actually then the parents come and the parents are very, they say, geez, we love you so much. We're so sorry. Uh, we're endlessly sorry. And, uh, neither Camilla nor, uh, Tahani could believe it. Uh, but here we go. We're getting close to, uh, Tahani's, uh, to-do list here. Oh wait, there's commercials cause I'm watching it on a regular DVR here. Yeah, but we got to roll with this, right? You know, we do what we do so we can do what we do or whatever. Okay, so we have uh, Triple Axel. That was one she did. 9,000, nine like 348. Uh, landed Triple Axel. Uh, resolve, resolve the Poincare Conjecture. That was 9,359. Uh Perform Il Dolce Sunino from Luci some opera stuff. Uh, burp the alphabet. Become a master woodworker. Uh, pave a driveway. Break, great break Graham Gooch's record of 456 runs in a single test. Uh, master conducting orchestra. Master conducting train. Uh, beat MG NBA Jam on All Star. Free solo the Colossus arose. Uh, uh, fix that Jesus fresco, the lady messed up. Uh, 
So, and she had paved her driveway, so she had that going for her. Oh, that, yeah, so then that thing happened. Uh, that's what she says, uh, uh, Janet says. Uh, really good hugs with Tahani and Camilla and their parents, too. Uh, and nice to see the two of them uh, have resolved things in the, you know, in the big farm life, uh, uh, become real tight sisters. So, yeah, there the parents have appeared. They're having a, a smile. Uh, everyone's arms are stiff, and now there's the big hugs. Oh, my darlings. Uh, we're, we, you know, we're, we're, we're pleased to forgive us. We're not perfect. And we've, uh, you know, they, uh, I think they're making amends and really looking lovingly on their children. And the children are like, we'll say, what? And then there's a montage, I think, that's about to start. Oh, yeah. So they play croquet family montage walking arm in arm uh talking a movie night watching home alone with popcorn in a movie theater at brian tahani's home uh then camilla's doing like a, a some sort of oil painting and tahani's like another f- set of flowers and teddy bears this is the thousandth time they've given a millionth time uh you know, we could get these if we wanted. Uh, and uh, then there's a moment uh, where uh, I think Camille says, you know, I'm getting bored of uh, mom and dad telling us how much they love us. And then they zoom on Tahani's face. It's a moment, you know, big moment for Tahani. Uh, because she, she, she comes to a realization she's getting bored. And she, her mouth is just the right position in her eyes really well. Then she's splendid in yellow, and she's ready to host us a party. She says, I'm ready to go. Uh, and they're like, everything on your list? Yeah. Bathtub, a helicopter, other stuff, uh, backhand slice, uh, in my last goal is to spend a meaningful day with my parents, and now I've spent thousands of them. And she says, complete, she was I prepared a party for all of us, uh, cooked the food, mixed the drinks, uh, made the furniture, repainted the walls, trained the pandas that deliver champagne. And she goes, I said goodbye to everyone else, uh, my parents, uh, B&J, they took it very hard. Yeah, but tonight's a party. And then you see, like, grapes and figs, uh, different, oh, it looks like that thing cooked in the, the pastry. Uh, then Tahani and Eleanor have a moment. Uh, uh, let's see, Jane J. Where am I? Eugene. Jane J. Hart necklace. Uh, yeah, I got ahead of my notes here. Oh, WTF faces. Uh, croquet high fives. Camilla and Tahani seem like their roommates. Uh, and then, yeah, the panda, the party spread. Then Eleanor and Tahani, uh, they're talking. And uh, let's see, they kind of say, geez, one of my things was to objectify you in a problematic way. That was Tahani to objectify Eleanor. Uh, she oh, she finished Infinite Jess. I didn't see that list. Hold on, let me back up. Uh, what else did she have on there? That's unlike everybody's to-do list, including mine. Uh, let's see. Uh, write uh, something about, okay, sorry about that. It's, uh, yeah, so how's everybody doing today? Eleanor's not in a rainbow. Well, she's in a sky blue shirt, so I don't know if that counts as uh, 
Uh, let's see. Invent new musical instrument. Make a vegan dessert that nobody suspects is vegan. Uh, truly nail the Lisa left eye Lopez rap from waterfalls. So that's a good one. Uh, uh, and uh, write to Hani Ajamil's Borges Pierre Menard's author of the Quixote. Uh, I don't know what that means. That's beyond my. So she did 11,338 things on her to-do list. Uh, they really complement one another. Uh, like, uh, then John even shows up and, and like says a quick goodbye really fast, uh, really funny. Uh, they talk to each other. Then Tahani sits down with Michael and, uh, they, they say, uh, like, uh, geez, like, uh, and, oh, and Janet, uh, because uh, Michael says, geez, like, uh, the, like you did so many things. I can only do one thing. I'm the architect. Uh, and he kind of talks about learning good the guitar. Don't sell yourself short, Michael. Uh, Tahani name drops uh, Frank Geary. Uh, and then uh, she says, you know what? I don't want to leave. Uh, and they go, great. And, and she goes, are you staying? She goes, no, no, no. I don't want to stay, but I don't want to leave. And she says, I want to be an architect and design afterlives. Uh, but they go, geez, you're a person. And I guess I didn't realize this till now. It's like, this is a call forward, a kind of two in some sense, uh, which is important. Um, uh, then they go through the hub. They see Jeff. Uh, we briefly get a glimpse, glimpse of, uh, what's his name? That, uh, the, like, driver. What was that dude's name? I probably wrote his name down. Brent. Uh, He's in some interview about still, he's still stuck on trying to tell people they need to smile. Jeff seemed a little down. He has so many more frogs, but he just doesn't seem himself uh, when they see him. So yeah, Brent's in a brief debriefing center, uh, but it's not going great. We see architect design. There's a directory directory there. Uh, Glenn and Beattie. Uh, meet your new intern, Tahani. Tahani's like in a suit, no bow tie. Michael, no bow tie. Uh, and everybody's excited. There's like a lot of jokes with Glenn and, and Goo. Goo under the bridge. Uh, she says, I'll start my, you know, start working my way up. Uh, anybody want any uh, antimatter coming right up? Uh, she says, thanks, Michael. And this is touching. He says, I got you a little first day on the job uh, present. And so like the uh, peacock bow tie uh, that started out. And he goes, geez, just, uh, you know, remember me or I'll, I'll brag that I used to know you when you're the most famous architect in the afterlife. Uh, uh, then we go back to Eleanor. Uh, let's see. Peacock bow tie. Oh, no. Then there's an ad. And it's 661.7 Jeremy Baramis later. And Eleanor finishes that book, uh, working out the terms of moral justification is an unending task. Boom. Did it. 2000 Baramis to read that book. Uh, and it's an email. I don't like, uh, then she goes, gee, what are you reading? He's totally chilling out. He goes, the Da Vinci code. And she's like, Hey, he goes, yeah, you know, read all the difficult books. Now I'm going to read, you know, books for fun. Uh, and he goes, do you think I could be a symbologist uh, if that was actually a thing? And I say, yeah, 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 for sure. Then they go to dinner, and it's at Tahani's Pizza Place, uh, perfect pizza place. So she even mastered making perfect pizza. 
and everybody's there. Uzo, uh, uh, Simone, uh, Eleanor's two friends whose names I don't know. And, uh, yeah, they're eating pizza. It looks like they're eating like a Supreme pizza, like Supreme pizza, maybe one Supreme vegetarian pizza. To he, to, 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 Chidi decides to order dessert for everybody for, uh, tiramisu. Uh, which was interesting. So that that's interesting too. Uh, but yeah, it looks like a couple of Supreme pizzas. Uh, uh, then after dinner, oh, so Chidi orders tiramisu for the table. I think that's where I left off. Sorry, I got a little knocky knock at my door. Um, yeah, so made sure, I had to make sure. Uh, but yeah, they can't uh, can't believe Chidi's ordering. Then Eleanor and Chidi are at the bar uh, together, like after this fun, fun dinner, kind of just drinking wine. And they have kind of like a little bit, they see, oh, that was fun, huh? Fun to see our friends. Uh, every time it's fun. They talk about something, then Eleanor just kind of says something forgetful, which there's a little bit of a beat, and then there's an awkward silence. Then she just says, Shakespeare left. Uh, then they make some uh, Shakespeare jokes, but then there's another, that's when the awkward pauses, and she goes, geez, I'm tired, I want to go home. And they say, okay. Uh, and uh, they go, let's see. Uh, then... Uh, uh, Chidi says, I'm going to get ready for bed. Uh, and then Eleanor says, geez, I'm going to go out. I got to go for a stroll. See you in a bit. Uh, and Eleanor goes, getting forgetful. Shakespeare's gone. Uh, there's no C-L-O-W-N-S in Eleanor's place anymore. Don't think there's been for a while. But she takes the green door into Michael's office. His medal's on the wall from the last episode. And Michael's kind of singing about it. he's still working on a psychedelic Starbucks and Stardust and Moonbeam Banana. And Eleanor says, Chidi's going to go. Uh, they kind of team up. Well, what are we going to do? Uh, is he ready? He's getting close. He's going to bring it up. So she goes, I need to, you know, sp- start a spark here. And she calls Janet. She says, Janet, yo, uh, what are we going to do here? Like, valedictorian. Uh, Highlighter bed, uh, something spiritual. I think Michael says, Eleanor says, oh boy, I'll give him spiritual. Uh, uh, and then Janice says, well, if it's Chidi's time to go, it's his time to go. And Eleanor goes, no, no, she's desperate, like classic Chidi gray area. We just got to refresh things. Uh, and she goes, remember when we first, our first month here, when we were all together, she goes, set the scene. And Janet goes to like uh, original glory. She goes, no, like when he visited it in college, uh, when he fell in love with it, and also the robe. Uh, so then Nick, G- 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 Eleanor goes back to his place, but she's ready for bed. Uh, I said, well, it's good they sleep in that world, right? Because I wouldn't want to live in it. Like I said, that's nice. They always get a good night's sleep. But then the, she says, come on, Chidi, we're going somewhere, special trip. He goes, I'm in my PJ. She says, Dora will, you know, take care of that. And they go into Athens. And Chidi's, you know, his breath's taken away. Beautiful. Acropolis. Uh, uh, the Knicks. Uh, it has a silent P, apparently. Uh, where the Athenians would talk. Democracy started. Uh, then, uh, they talk about, you know, Socrates and Plato and the Agora. 
Avengers for Super Thinkers. They talk about that maybe John Stamos, like with a beard, was Aristotle. Uh, then they walk down like cobblestone streets eating kulvuri cool, cool or something like a, a, a looks like some sort of Greek treat. A kulvuri, kulvuri, uh, and kind kind of they you know they're just uh, like enjoying each other's time. Uh, she goes, yeah, this is a twenty-year-old me, and he goes, okay, this is great. Like, uh, why don't we go home now? Uh, and she goes, no, 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 we got another place. And she goes, Janet, and Jan- she goes, Janet, number two. Uh, remember, like, hint, hint, figure it out. Uh, next thing you know, they're in Paris, uh, Chidi's favorite city. At first, they're uh, up above Paris and a great view. Oh, they also did a high five at some point. Uh, I think when they were talking about, oh, when John, Jan- John Stamos with a beard, uh, because this is my favorite weather too, overcast and chilly, perfect for staying inside and reading. Uh, at some point, Janice says, Jesus, is this where you wanted to go? Uh, and she goes, well, I was thinking Six Flags, but this is better. Then they go to the cafe that she used to go to where John Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir, Richard Wright, James Baldwin, Brecht all like hung out there. Uh, and she says, geez, we got all the time in the world. You could get, 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 uh, uh, you know, sit wherever you want. And then she finally breaks They're You know, they're having, uh, they have juice and, uh, like coffee or tea. And he says, I know what you're doing. Uh, and she goes, being the best girlfriend ever. And he goes, come on, let's take a walk. So they go out on a bridge. Uh, and he says, listen, uh. I really love you, but it's time for me to go. And Eleanor kind of starts to really, re, you know, uh, whatever those stages are. She goes, no, 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 I don't want you to leave. He goes, I'm not leaving you. He goes, but I have that quietude in my soul. And she goes, well, we couldn't you just spend more time here. And he goes, I've had this feeling for a while. Uh, that one day when we were with your with our parents and your my mom kissed you goodbye, rubbed the lipstick, kissed your lipstick on your cheek, your mom rubbed it off. He goes, that was a moment for me. Uh, and I don't know why, and I didn't want to tell you. Uh, and she goes, well, but Jason's gone, Tahani's gone, and I'm not ready to go. And I don't want to, you know, she goes, this is like kind of what happened to me on earth. Uh and she goes, I like having you here. And then she kind of like gets him. And he says, okay, I won't go. Uh, then Janet shows up with uh, cotton candy. Who's ready for six flags? And Eleanor says, no, no, he's going to stay. And they say, what's left? Uh, you know, like, uh, bir- be birds or Eiffel tower. And uh, she kind of says, whatever. Uh, he says, why don't we go freshen up and then have dinner? I think Eleanor says that, have some wine. Uh, and she goes, fine, but I'm going to take a walk at first, uh, my old neighborhood and stuff, and I'll meet you there. Uh, but you see kind of a thoughtful smile and a sad, cheaty face. Then Eleanor's kind of at dinner waiting, uh, like waiting for him. Uh, and he goes, she's everything's on the menu. And he says, what are you thinking, uh, to Eleanor? She says, working out the terms of moral justification is an unending task. That's what I was thinking about. Uh, he goes, you, 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 that's what you want to have for dinner? 
And she goes, no, that's the last line of Scanlon's book. Uh, and she, this is like one of the points where they make a point, uh, but it's subtle. She says, the whole point of the book is that uh, we should try to find rules other people can't reasonably reject. Uh, and the search for how to find those rules is going to go on forever. And she goes, I proposed a rule that wasn't fair. Uh, because it was for me and not for you. So she goes, you could, you can go, uh, uh, you know, you could go, I guess it's not easy, uh, but, uh, it's time. Then there's a montage. Uh, let me see. Is that what happens? Let me fast forward because we're at a commercial and usually don't have to deal with these uh, commercials, huh? So it's just a matter of maneuvering them here. Because they're different for everybody. Otherwise, I'd comment on those, too. See, okay, well, there's two people, like, uh, in a living room. Now there's a Pinocchio. Uh, another Pinocchio. Now there's a Sonic the movie, which I, I did see. Uh, then there's an ad for a TV show. Another TV show, Fran Drescher. And now back in Paris, arm in arm. Uh, the scene we just talked about, and Chidi's in the old neighborhood there, looking at his window. And Eleanor says, you know, this is the, this is the way it's got to be. It's time for Chidi to go. Uh, let you go. Then a Chidi frown face. Uh, okay, then this is a party. Okay, so it's a party. It's just uh, Janet, Michael... Uh, Chidi and Eleanor, but it's a montage scene, and they're all laughing, drinking wine, a lot of joy, but uh, like uh, no sound. Uh, then we have the um, uh, sunset or sunrise on the couch thing. It's very, very touching, very touching. Uh, and uh, you know, Eleanor says this is going to be easy for me. So if you have a John Locke quote or Kantian wisdom, throw it at me. And Chidi says, well, let's go to the east. Uh, he goes, picture a wave in the ocean. You can measure its height, uh, the way the sunlight, sunlight refracts, and uh, whatever else Scoot said. Uh, you know what it is. It's a wave. Uh, but then it gets to shore and it's gone. Water's still there. Uh, you got to uh, hear Chidi say it. But he goes, the wave was just a different way for water to be for a while. He goes, that's, one, that's a Buddhist thing. Uh, wave returns to the ocean where it came from, where it's supposed to be. And they say, not bad, Buddhist, not bad. Uh, none of this is bad. And then Eleanor says, why don't you go, you know, it'd be easier if you just go, like, while I'm asleep. Uh, and so then the next scene is Janet and Chidi uh, in the forest, uh, kind of stiff-armed. Uh, they, they give one another a hug. I believe, uh, let's see, it's zooming out of sunset now, not zooming out of Eleanor sleeping and opening her eyes. Oh, wait, there's a Chidi, uh, Jeremy Baramy, like a Suchidi wrestling. Chidi is a sexy mailman for one full Baramy calendar. Uh, kind of a Professor Chidi look, uh, sexy mailman Chidi, that's the first one. Then a sexy Professor Chidi. Uh, then wrestling Chidi. And Eleanor kind of sighs, uh, and she loves it. Yeah, now we're in the forest with uh, Chidi and Janet. And Janet says, yeah, you can sit here, and then when you're ready, go through uh, the thing. Uh, 
Sit on the bench as long as you'd like. Yeah, Chidi's arms are stiff. Uh, but he looks ready. Uh, he says, I'm ready. So he doesn't. And now he gives Janet a hug. Yeah, I thought so. And then he just walks through. And then we get one more uh, piece of uh, old school because Jason's just there. He says, oh, Dip. Uh, hey, Janet. Uh uh, she goes, what are you doing? He goes, oh, funny story. I lost you that thing, and I found it, but it was in my pocket. Uh, and I've just been waiting for you uh, to come back. You know, other Janets came, but I knew it wasn't you. And Janet's like, it's been a thousand baramies. And he goes, yeah, but I wanted to see you again. He goes, it was pretty easy to wait. I just sat and uh, thought about the infinity of the universe. And she goes, like, monk, and, you know, then... uh and then he puts the necklace on her. And he goes, it's so touching. He says, looks good, not a girl. And I think they kissed one last time. Let's see here. Jason's skipping rocks, walking in the woods, uh, contemplating the universe. Uh, then, uh, but then he runs after Cheaty. He says, Cheaty, wait up. Let's see. He's putting the necklace on Janet. Uh, love, uh, looks good, not a girl. Yeah, he gives her a big kiss. And then he runs off, and yeah, I'm getting a little, then he runs off after, uh, Cheaty. Uh, and then there's another, uh, commercial break. Uh, then it's 3.22 Jeremy Baramies later. Uh, Michael shows up with donuts to a meeting, uh, for that council thing, Majig. And he goes, hey, oh, go nuts for donuts, or whatever people say. And the judge comes out, looks like she just got done uh, exercising. Yeah, she has a Judd East Dillon uh, Lions t-shirt on. Uh, Michael Still's in business. Or, no, he's not in full casual, uh, but he's in uh, no tie. Uh, judge says, yeah, the, everything's going good, so we don't need to meet anymore. You know, Vicky's doing good. Every, every, your system's working. And Michael's not ready for it. He goes, well, I think Sean was right. Maybe we should start over. She goes, don't worry. Uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, and then she says, check out some podcasts like Radio Lab. Uh, there was an episode about how clams learn. Yeah, so that's cool that we got a, 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 what do you call it, podcast shout out. Uh, and she goes, now scoot. Uh, uh, then... What do we got next is a little, oh, Eleanor is watching her video of her and Chidi that Mindy taped. It's on a VCR, VHS tape. So I just want to see here coming up uh, what it says on the box. Uh, and she's watching it. Then she says she gets an idea and then she goes to Mindy's. And she says she's going to need to talk to you. So Mindy says, Derek, uh, now Derek's been rebooted so many times that Derek's become, oh, first she looks at, oh, she had a bunch of stuff on her calendar too. She's, she just changed her month of her bear me. Now she's watching Cannonball Run 2 is, is what the, the box that the tape was in. That's pretty funny. Uh, but it gives her an idea, so now she shows up to Mindy's. Mindy's reading a people, old people magazine. Uh, I couldn't see who was on the cover, but uh, uh, then Derek. So Derek's become like a, a transcendent being. Uh, he's got to go back into his nether sphere. 151 million times did Derek's been rebooted. 
now singular point in space and time that contains the space itself. Mindy's faces that she's making are, are in these scenes is so amazing too. Uh, so it's definitely worth watching for that as well. And Eleanor tries to sell Mindy on the idea of, uh, uh, she says, trust me, uh, forming bonds with other people is going to be, I want you to go through the system. It'll be good. This is my last mission. We're very similar. Uh, you know, our paths were, you know, we could have gone the same way and, uh, I want to help you, uh, get close to other people and try, uh, try to live in, in the world. And Mindy says, caring seems like a lot of work. And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, I don't want to go through the system with some stranger. And Eleanor says, well, you got an idea about that. So then we see Tahani. She's got a bow. Does she have a bow tie on or no bow tie? Uh, Sean's really good. Uh, So Sean has a, like, this might be Sean's last lines, but, uh, uh, like, uh, Sean has a really good ending. Uh, but they say, yeah, Tahani's going to be a great help. When she's certified, she'll take Mindy through the system. So the owner says, geez, go back to your old life, chill with the floating Derek, uh, and then Tahani will design your test. Oh, there's Tahani. She's in a suit. Uh, does she have a bow tie? Yeah, she does. Oh, she's wearing the peacock bow tie. And Mindy says, why not? And Mindy says, thanks for caring. This is another one. Oof, uh, she goes, it's really nice. Uh, she goes, I'm not good at, you know, you're really teaching me to take care, to care for myself. Uh, uh, so that was another uh, moment that for me was like, oof. Uh, uh, then Eleanor and Janet uh, are now together at the crossroads. Uh, uh, and, uh, she says, uh, geez, when you're ready, uh, it was really good watching. You could watch Janet's hands, the way Eleanor's moving. Uh, but she says, geez, when you're ready, just walk on through, sit on the bench. When you're ready, go on through. And, uh, Eleanor says, uh, yo, I'm ready. Uh, no, I'm not ready. I'm not, uh, she goes, I should be ready, uh, but I'm not. Uh, then Michael comes in. First, it seems like he's acting out. He's trying to go through the door. He's tra- trying to do, uh, uh, he does his, 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 his a bunch, bunch of over-the-top stuff. He dances through the door, hides, because uh, he says, Jesus, I'm, I'm totally sated and complete. You know, I'm ready to go. Uh, and uh, he says, calm, he, he, he's just acting out. Uh, calm is washed over me, blah, blah, blah. Then he tries to walk through and nothing happens. Uh, uh, Janet waves goodbye. Uh, then he d- d- dances through now sideways. And now he's going to hide. And they say, what are you doing? He goes, returning my essence to the universe is what I'm doing. Eleanor puts her hands on her hips like with a child. Says, come on. Uh, and now he's hiding. He says, it's working. Bye-bye. Then we go to commercial. Yeah, uh, when we come back to the, from the commercial, Michael's still kind of acting out, and she he she says you can't go through the door. He goes, well, I invented it. Uh, this stinks. Uh, he goes, how come I? He goes, uh, this isn't fair, basically. Uh, and he shows Eleanor, give me a piggyback ride through the door, he, like, and she she has to raise her voice and say, Michael, no. Uh, uh, and then she goes, we need to talk. So she sits him down. She gives him some real talk. Uh, 
She goes, Tahani's still around. New people are coming. Maybe work with Tahani. Maybe do something new. Michael says, I already did that. Uh, made new. He goes, I designed the ultimate neighborhood. It was a letdown. Even Doug Forsett's gone. And they say, thank goodness. Uh, uh, and Eleanor's kind of like, huh, well, I don't know. Uh, and Michael says, I guess I'm stuck here forever. Butter around and retire. Uh, and then there's a zoom on Eleanor's face uh, if she figures something out. And then she meets with the judge. She says, come on, judge. The judge says, cockamamie. She doesn't like it. Uh, but Eleanor says, well, then I'm going to go. So then uh, you'll be free of us. And she says, oh, well, okay, wait a second. Uh, and she says, she goes, like, you'll be rid of us. Uh, you won't have to hear, you know, you don't have to hear from us and, and or anything like that. And the judge says, okay, like, you do have a tone. Uh, so then we go back to Michael. He's, like, working on his guitar. Neller comes in. She goes, Michael, come on in, just like the start of the first episode. They go into, like, this, uh, uh, like, he has all his Earth stuff there, kind of like a museum, a bowling ball, paper clips. Uh, everybody's laughing, human something, something or other. And Eller goes, I figured it out. I figured out uh, with the door what we should do. And she goes, you'll never be at peace till you get the thing you want. Uh, and it was just this one, oh boy. It was, uh, and she goes, yeah, Pinocchio, you're going to be a real boy, an actual human. Uh, hello, so goodbye, SQID, hello, so Silver Fox. Uh, and they say, geez, you got to be, uh, you got to be sure about this, Michael, because, uh, this is it. And then you'll have to take the test and everything. You're going to re- live a real life. Uh, and you know, it'll be out of your control. Things could change while you're gone. Uh, so you don't really know what's going to happen. And Michael says, well, that's what makes it special. It won't know what's going to happen. Uh, nothing more human than that. Uh, and he goes, also, I could text people and say, I'm almost there when I haven't even left, which is a typical human. He goes, thank you, Eleanor, thank you. And she says, you're welcome, or you're very welcome. Uh, then we're at the hub uh, with Mike. He says, hey, Mike, where are you headed? Uh, Mike says, where are you headed? He goes, Earth, uh, one-way ticket, though. And uh, he says, you got to be kidding me. And he goes, by the way, I got you a real frog. Uh, and the frog's kind of sleeping. Very cute frog, sleeping. He can't believe it. So then he says, you know who I'm going to name him? And Michael says, Michael. Like Michael thinks Michael. And he says, uh, what does he say? Mr. Jumpy Legs or something. Uh, he goes, you know what? I got perfect name for him. Uh, Mr. Jumpy Legs. Yeah, that's, that was correct. My memory is correct. Uh, then Michael and Janet walk off uh, towards Earth from training. They're talking. This is real. Like, uh, she gives Michael all his information. And she goes, she's, uh, you know, this will be enough. Uh, and he says, thank you, Janet. Uh, she goes, you know, you're a human now. So remember that. Uh, please remember that. And he goes, I'll be okay. And she goes, I know, but I care about you. Uh, and they kind of do a hug. Uh, and Michael says, don't worry, I'll see you again uh, when I get back. Uh, 
but yeah, it's like uh, Jan's making some faces uh, that, you know, it pulls on the heartstrings when you spend this much time with the characters. Uh, Michael goes through the door. Uh, she says, don't take any, and then he's in total cash. She's in a dress shirt, jeans, and uh, like a running shoes. He's so happy, though. And it's a dry heat, wherever he is, probably Arizona, I'm guessing. Uh, then we have a commercial there. Uh, Janet's arms were crossed at the end. Uh, then we have Eleanor and Janet. Uh, Eleanor is in a kind of, not a Roy G. Biv, but a rainbow shirt. Uh, and uh, they go through there. She goes, yeah, sit on the bench just like last time. And then when you're ready, walk through. And uh, Eleanor says, why don't you sit with me for a bit and join me? They both have a strange posture. Janice says, how about some margaritas? Eleanor says, you betcha. Uh, then Eleanor says, Janet, what are your top three moments of your not life with us? Uh, she goes, well, when you said uh, we should try to help other people on Earth, uh, then when we got to the good place, and then she goes, Eight million way tie of all the times Jason and I kiss because he was a really good kisser. And uh, she says, she wonders how Michael's doing. Eleanor says, geez, I'm assuming he's doing the same as every human. Then it has a montage of Michael and New Year's, good times, uh, times when he's caring for a friend uh, and to be, being caring for somebody, then him feeding his dog, uh, whose name is Jake. <laughs> whose name is Jason and has a bow tie. Uh, somebody texts him, Bobby, who he doesn't get along with. Uh, uh, he makes a TV dinner that doesn't go well and laughs uh, so much. Uh, he takes guitar lessons. It ends up with, it's with his real life wife, uh, Mary Steenburgen. Uh, you know, she says, geez, I hope you just asked for help. I think that was one of the things in the, uh, and she, Michael's learning how to play guitar. He's happy. Everybody needs a teacher. Uh, messing up and trying again, getting things all wrong and making them right. That's what Eleanor's saying. That's what everybody does. Uh, they cheers to Michael. And, uh, and then uh, Janice says, what do you think happens? Uh, it's the only thing in the universe I don't know. Eleanor says, I don't know, but... Uh, the wave returns to the ocean, she says. Uh, what the ocean does with the water after that is anyone's guess. And she says, well, but as a wise non-robot told me, true joy is in the mystery. And uh, Jan says, you mind, mind if I stay here while, until you're gone? And uh, she, like they make a comment about, you know, they make a, like a objectifying comment, a joke Janet does about, uh, Eleanor, uh, Eleanor stands and hugs Janet. And then she walks through the door, uh, very deliberately. And she's kind of starts to become a stardust, uh, more or less. And then we follow some of the stardust sparks, uh, until we reach an apartment building uh, and like one of the sparks is kind of dancing around there. And then there's this dude checking his mail or first he's walking, then he's checking his mail and the, the stardust lands on his shoulder and becomes a part of him. And then he says, uh, he throws out some mail, but he finds a piece of mail from Michael. He says, wait a second. Uh, what the, what in the hay? 
Oh, no, first he threw it out. Then he decides to do the right thing and bring it to Michael, who's not in the same apartment building. He's at 12358, uh, the building number, apartment 322. He says, hey, this is yours. Uh, Michael says, thanks so much. Uh, it was for, like, the bar that Eleanor used to hang out at, uh, some, like a frequent hanger card, Coyote Joe's reward cards. His last name is Real Man, Michael Real Man. He says, thank you so much. Uh, he goes, yeah, no problem. Take it easy. And Michael goes, I'll do you one better. Uh, I'll say this to you, my friend, with all the love, love in my heart, uh, all the wisdom in the universe, uh, take it sleazy. And, uh, the guy's just stunned. And then that's the, that's it. Uh, he says, all right. Uh, Michael closes the door and, uh, our, our, uh, relationship for, I mean, until we do season two, you know, we can always come back to these, uh, characters, uh, you know, whenever you want, but, uh, it comes to it comes to a close, and it was a beautiful, beautiful episode. Uh, so take all I can say is take it sleazy, uh, take it sleepy. In this case, uh, good night.